They're two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another week, another episode of Generation X Gaming, the weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories in the past week, and we rant along the way. I'm your host, 30 and Still Gaming, and joining me each and every single week is my partner in crime, Sarge McCluskey. What's going on, bro? Any sound problems, though? No, no, we're good? We're, we're good. We're, we're, we're doing good. We're, it's like we've That's hit a four in a row. We've hit a stride in our three hundred in a row in our 300 episodes. We've We've hit a stride. Uh, just as a, uh, a, a warning for people out there, if, uh, our stream gets dropped in any way, shape or form during the live broadcast, uh, I am doing a local recording. Uh, we will upload this episode, uh, at the end. So what happens is this episode will cut off at the end in two hours, two and a half hours. Uh, then you will not be able to find this episode up and then I'll re-upload the episode up onto YouTube as a brand new video. Uh, so all the video, all the people that watch during this time won't count towards my video, but it's okay. It's okay. Uh, um, I want to make sure it's the best quality possible before it goes out for everybody else to see. If you're here live, we do appreciate you very much. We're here live Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, Thursday nights. Uh, we go over a few of the top stories in the past week, and we rant along the way. On today's episode, Sarge, the episode title is Elden Ring to Rule Them All. Uh, so there's a lot of ep there's a lot of content right now talking about Elden Ring on this episode. Uh, so we'll be talking about Elden Ring. We'll be talking about Babylon's Falls Fall. Now the the name of it's not Falls Fall. It's just Babylon's Fall, but it's fall. So it's it's so it's it's falling. Uh, so we're gonna be talking about that. We're gonna be talking about Betafield seventy six uh, twenty seventy six. We're gonna be talking about uh, Halo Infinite. We're going to be talking about Gotham Knights. We're going to be talking about Activision, Microsoft. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, uh, Amazon's Luna a little bit. We'll be talking about delay of games a little bit. We're going to be talking about uh, God of War TV series, potentially. We're going to be talking about some lawsuits. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Bethesda's five-year roadmap we're gonna be talking about tiny tina's uh uh game coming out later uh later this month i believe it's the 25th comes out uh we're gonna be talking about the game i know sarge you're gonna get this game i know it i just know it skull and bones they have, you could you could be a tester sarge where are you sign you signing up you gonna sign up sign up i know no. you're first i wouldn't in line. Sign, I, I wouldn't sign up with somebody else's money you're you're, you're first in line i know all right, give me your buttons, Serge. Uh, we're going to talk about Steam. We're going to be talking about PlayStation a little bit, and uh, we're going to be talking about Overwatch. Uh, all this on today's episode, episode 301. Uh, if you guys like to help us out in any way, shape, or form, if you're for free, you can just share, like, subscribe, uh, hit that follow button over on Twitch. If you'd like to go above and beyond that, you become a member as little as 99 cents over on uh, YouTube. Uh, you can hit the subscribe button. Uh, that's free. Uh, or you can go for $4.99 on Twitch. Or you can use your Amazon Prime or 
whatever they call it now over on Twitch. Or you can use uh, Super Chats as well. We do appreciate you very much. Uh, so, Sarge, what have you been playing? Anything? Anything new? Anything that's piqued your well, interest, maybe, that you saw? Well, to be honest, I know this is probably not, not in the same ballpark as some of our viewers, but I'm an avid board game player. And just recently, I found out that Xbox has one of the board games that I play transferred over into the Xbox Game Pass. What game is that? I, I'm, wait, actually, I don't know if it's Game Pass. It's in the store. Excuse me. It's in the store. All right. So it's called Wingspan. Okay. I know what right? that is. It's a game about birds, right? Some woman had come up with it. And basically, she turned this um, engine mechanic game and have all the birds of the world in there. And it's basically... You're playing a game about birds, but actually you're teaching about birds at the same time. It's kind of interesting. Right. But you can actually play it on Xbox. And so I have yet to win against a normal computer. And it's aggravating to me because I'm usually really good at games like this. Uh, but you can play a co-op couch, right? You're playing against each other just like you would play a board game. But okay. you're playing. It's it's fun. I like it because I played the board game version of it. Uh, it the controls are a little clunky though because it's it is on a console, right? So it takes a little time to understand the buttons and what they do and how not to accidentally skip your turn because the way that the game is is constructed is you start off with like eight turns and by the fourth round you only have five turns, so it 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 goes you have less you have less time to do stuff each round. So you're you're constantly thinking about what I have to do in order to make things work correctly in the beginning because you don't have enough time to figure it out at the end. Right. Right. I like it. It's a fun game. If you guys have never played it before. What's, what's the price point? It, uh, it's it's a board game on Xbox. I believe it's 20 bucks. Okay. 20 bucks is, is, is a board game price for me on. I mean, it's, it's a $60 board game. So a $20 video version of it, I think, is a good deal. You... <clears throat> do you like do you like playing board games on the on uh, either your mobile phone or like on the console or do you prefer it, like board games to stay board games? I'm I'm in between. Uh, I'm a board game person though. I so grew up playing board games, so for me, certain I games mean, obviously are, we're from the same house. So yes, cer I certain games can do well on mobile and on a console. They just have to be programmed correctly by people who know what the game was on the board did, version. Did you ever play Pandemic on uh, on, on John? The John keeps wanting me to play it on Xbox, and I refuse to get it because number one, I don't think we're going to play it more than once, and I think that's going to be the problem for me. What? Is I going to buy a game? I'm going to play once, and then that's it. Well, you have to understand. Yeah, yeah, you have to understand the background. Now you brought it up. Okay, so my friends and I who are all nerd to the max right and we've known each other for 20 plus years okay we played pandemic yeah okay and we played against ourselves okay actually cheating in favor of the ai of the game right and we won all right and so we took that victory and we said well we don't need to play this anymore right we're living because it. We're we, living we, it. we we basically <laughs> we basically cheated against ourselves to make it harder for us and we still won and i said well then this game is done we're good with it we know we know how to play this game we're done but then john got it for xbox and says you want to play it on xbox and i'm like all right here we go like i don't well, i don't well, i don't have i don't have the, the wherewithal to do it 
Well, you brought up board games, and I, I I would do it. I would do it with chat. If chat wants to play it, I would do it with chat. Well, Duplass is funny because he says we've been playing Pandemic for the last two years. Yeah. <laughs> no, but 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 see that the, the issue with that game in the board version, you have to understand, is it tests the mental metal and compromise ability of an individual. You're trying to prove your point to somebody, while they're trying to prove their point to you, and the entire time. You're trying to stop the world from dying. And right. you guys are the only ones who can stop it from dying. And so you're you're trying to, you basically are trying to say, I know the best way to save the world. And then your friends are doing the same thing. So who backs down? Who says you're right? We're gonna we're gonna do what you want. And you're gonna do that for like six rounds. And if you don't come, if you don't win in six rounds, the game just wins. Right? You just well you the, the reason. Go ahead. I was gonna say the reason I'm bringing it up is because I love board games, but the problem, like I used to be part of a board game club and I would go every Wednesday uh, because that's when I could go Wednesday evenings. This is years ago now, like maybe four or five years ago. I haven't been, um, but I would go and play different board games or just socialize with people, like go out and just socialize with people. And that's what I miss about board games. Now when board games come over to electronics, okay. And you play like a monopoly or you play like Catan or you play pandemic uh, it's still playing with people. You're still being, uh, you're still playing with other people. So you have the, it's different playing against a PC or playing or a computer player or playing against somebody else. Right. And I like playing board games in person, but it's hard. Like, like I always want to buy a board game and I'm like, oh, like I have hundreds of board games. Okay. I always buy a board game and I'm like, am I going to play it? Because my son's only seven, so he only could play a certain amount of board games. Like, I bought this Minecraft board game. I bought this Super Mario board game, like a card game. Um, so I can play him. He's getting to that age where he can sit down long enough to, to like, learn a game and play a game. God, he's going to be about 10. Right. But for most, most board games, you have to have a group of people to play it. Okay? Yeah. Where, and, and they have to like each other. Right. And if you play the electronic version, it seems like some of them, like, for instance, Monopoly is actually pretty good, but at the same time, it's easy. you don't do anything. Right. It literally, you roll fake dice, right? It rolls for okay. you. It moves the piece for you. It counts the things for you. You really are doing nothing. You're just pushing the button to, right? You're just, you're just dealing property. Yes. So it's, it's a little weird. There are certain games that made a good transition over to electronics. If, uh, if, a, if a good team is able to transpose the game from board game format to video game format, it comes out good. Right. Right. Like I, for instance, I play Axis and Allies. Like Axis and Allies was made back in 1984. Yeah, that's a strategic game. So that would, that would also be really good, uh, I think, as a computer game. Right? Yeah. But not everybody, not a lot of companies knew how to make that game into a no. board game version. And it actually worked properly yeah. because there's a lot of minute mechanical details in the game that causes problems. And so there was a, a free to use software thing called AAA. That somebody, some guys got together and they actually made the game. It's free. They didn't sell it. It's free. And that version works. Now, Beamdog, a company that you know, picked up the torch and decided that they wanted to do a good version of Axis and Allies. Okay. So Beamdog came out with a version of Axis and Allies. And it came out, I think it was, it's been a year, two, almost two years now. Right? And that's the one I have on my phone. They got to transfer it to the phone. So I can actually play people on my phone with Axis and Allies now. So I'm like, I'm a little excited. Like I call up old friends and like, right. I do my turn. And like whenever he gets around to it, yeah, yeah. he just does it because it's, it's like, a turn-based game. Yeah, it's like Clash of Clans or something, but you're playing with Axis and Allies instead. 
Um, no, no, it's not real time. It's it's turn. No, I understand. There's there, board game. I used to play a game that was that you go and you wait for someone else to attack. You could play like five, six different games and then wait for them to to do their turn. I yeah. mean, you you could you can play that way, but it's like playing a more complicated version of chess. People who play X and Allies are playing like five or six games at a time. Yeah, because yeah, they want they want go move do your move. Well, and, well, they want they want to get in the rankings and the rankings you have to have so many games under your belt in order to be ranked. So if you're only doing one game a day not going to work so there are guys who are playing like eight or ten games at a time yeah and and they just start a new one and so they get up they get up like a hundred games in about a month and then you know what game would be ranked. good sarge as a board as a, a video game our game our game would be a good video game like a mobile game like on the I mobile mean, phone it's possible it's possible if anybody is listening to this on the outside if you're a mobile phone or, or else would they be listening to it on the inside well, no no i'm saying if you're a, if you're a game developer a mobile, like if you can make a game on the phone or iPad or tablet, hit me up in an email because I would like to talk to somebody about what it would take to turn our board game into a <clears> board <throat> game for the mobile phone. Well, I'm sure there's a bunch of guys at Ubisoft about to lose their job. I'm sure so. there. I'm sure, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's a bunch of guys at Ubisoft getting ready to be free. So I like how Mo said Monopoly is a fighting game. Don't at me. I'm not going to at you because I agree with you. There, <laughs> Mo, I, Mo, we have discussed this before many times. Yeah. We do not play Monopoly. Yo, if you like, we if do you don't, if Monopoly. you don't have, if if you have friends, don't play Monopoly. Okay, I literally had my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, like my, his wife, right, and and my brother-in-law. We got, I was I was destroying, right. I I kicked my brother-in-law's ass out in like I don't know, thirty minutes, right. I owned three quarters of the board. His wife owned the other part of the board. After I kicked him out, he like automatically joined her team and tried to help her. Right. And she's very competitive and didn't want help. And then they started bickering. And then we started bickering because they were like teaming up against me. And it was, it was, it was hilarious. So much so that he started insulting me, like literally insulting me. And I was like, I was like, is this where we're going now? Because I was like, you don't play Monopoly with family or friends. If you, you want to play with complete strangers, then you can play Monopoly. Because if you, at the end of the night, someone's going to be punching someone in the face and someone's going to get knocked out and you're not going to talk to them ever again. That's what happens during Monopoly. Right. Exactly, Santos. Exactly. See now, now that that warning is not on the box, right? Yeah, yeah. That that game was came out during the the depression, and it was something fun to do, learn about properties and how banks were, yeah, basic no. stuff, right? But they don't tell you in the back of the box that you'll end family, you'll end family <laughs> it, friendships. It all starts great until someone gets Boardwalk or Park Place. <laughs> And then all of a sudden the resentment starts to set in. And then you start to go for the railroad tracks. And then you start going. And everyone's just like, stupid, just stupid. Just take the car. Just just take it. You're going you're gonna to take all my money anyway. And they just start. When we were kids, it was called the thumb. Are you going to give the game the thumb? Yeah. Right. And, and what the thumb meant was, is that you put your thumbs underneath the board at the table and you just flip the board over. And that's how you ended the game. That's basically how these are. These are, these that's, are true. That's how a Monopoly game ended in my house. Yeah. Like somebody was pushed to the point and then they gave the game the thumb. And then we we're like, okay, game's over. Like that was a great four hours wasted. And that's why they, that's why they disguise Monopoly in other ways. Like uh, dog, think, Dogopoly, Collegeopoly. It's all but, these other Monopolies, right? Yeah, but that means, but that means that they're selling. There are still people on this planet who think Monopoly Look, is fun. Monopoly. If I, if I ask right now about rules of Monopoly, I guarantee you nobody actually knows the real rules of Monopoly. Oh, because no, they all play by their own Everyone rules. Everyone has their own house yeah. rules they go by. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Yep. Right? Everyone. 
And this is why some of the the, the, the debates start. Anyway. There's yeah. no debate, Santos. <laughs> There's no debate. Right. There's no debate. I'll bring I'll bring up the rule book right effing now. There's no debate <laughs> on the rules for free park. Every every everyone's got everyone's got their own method of of house rules. I'll, like, tell you, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what straightened out the game real quick though. When when it went to that millennium monopoly and there's no cash anymore, no cash. it's just all credit card, right? Nobody can steal from the bank. That was the, that was like the, the best thing ever that well, everything's on card. I'll tell you so what, you Sarge. can't steal from the bank. I went out to dinner tonight. And we went to go pay with cash, and they went, we don't, we don't accept cash. I went, don't accept cash. That's a bad sign. Right? And then my wife tells me she went to go make a deposit at the bank. At one, it wasn't recently. At one of the businesses, we went to go to, and they said that the bank doesn't take cash. The bank. That's scary, isn't it? Doesn't take cash. It should worry you. That's a whole other conversation. Let's right? not segue I know, from Monopoly it just, to it just, world it, politics. It, it, just, it just brought up, we went from board game to Monopoly to world to world politics, that's the way it works, people. The way it works. All right. Uh, so you haven't played any video games. You didn't play like the end game of uh, of. You segued me into left field. <sighs> you didn't besides, play. Did you play the besides, end game of, of of unpacking? Did you go like back in as uh, new game plus on unpacking, where it's like harder I, I, and I, faster I unpacking? It. I played it. I played it through again. I did it in less moves, I guess. If you want to say you, it right, that wait, way. you you did you went back and replayed it. I played it one more time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I did. I did. I was bored, and I worked on it for about a week. It's not a lot of not a lot of time, but I got a, a sorcerer to level fifty in, in about a week in ESO. That's what I did. That that was my okay. last week's goal. Other, other than that, reading. I got to read news stories all day long. Oh, yeah, Watching on. videos or reading yeah, news stories. Say, you, you, you watch videos. You sent me more videos than articles. Uh, I've been playing uh, two games. I've been playing Lost Ark, and I've been playing Elder Scrolls, and. Let me let me tell you my Elder Scrolls story. Uh, I was off in the and, and again I'm going to say generic names because I don't actually know what their real names are. Okay, that's how much I'm enjoying the game. I'm not even looking at what the things are called. I'm in the blood area. In the middle of the map, there's a there's a, a red area. I call it the blood area, and there is this uh, NPC. I don't know his name. <clears throat> I'm just riding around on my horse. I come across things. I stop and I start to see if I can fight them. Most of the time, I die. Over. And over and over and over. Okay. Just such a noob. Right. So all of a sudden I see this guy and he's got this big giant, uh, how do you call it? Not a sickle, a Sith, a, a Sith. Is that what it's called? Is it on a giant pole? Yes. With two hands? Yes. It's got a hook. <clears throat> the hook. It's a scythe. Scythe. Scythe, right? A scythe. So the guy has a scythe and all of a sudden he starts to swing it like really big sways at me. And have you seen the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness trailer, Sarge? Yes. You know where he saws the bus in half with his, mm -hmm. he makes like a chainsaw and it saws the bus. There's a guy who's swinging this fucking thing at me and there's chainsaw blades coming at me. Okay. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I died. Right. And I died and I died. I couldn't do anything. Right. One, one, two hits. I was dead. Okay. See, Duplass knows what I'm talking about. Right. The blood area. Right. And I was like, what the, what the hell is this? Okay. So then I, I pull out my giant, jellyfish right this is jellyfish and he's like sprays stuff out and stuff right so i put him on my left side and i had this tree on my right side so when he was shooting the things at me he would either hit the jellyfish or the fucking tree because he couldn't hit me right so then i'm taking oh, my is that does that sound like strategy right so then i took my meteor staff that i have and i'm just shooting i'm, I'm shooting like little pellets at him okay and i'm, I'm knocking him down i'm knocking him down and you're, i kill you're, him you're, you're cheesing him i got it right i i kill him and he's got a glowing thing on him 
So I run over to him, and I pick it up. It's the goddamn staff that he was just using against me. Okay? Now, I didn't know it dropped. So now, now you're a farmer. Well, now I picked this up, and I was like, oh. I was like, well, can I use this? I couldn't use it right away because I needed my uh, faith, I think, up to, like, level 15 or 16. I was at 7. Okay? So now I had a job to do. I was like, I need to level up and get enough runes to get my faith up to level 16. Okay. <laughs> Wait, you killed an NPC? Yeah. Yeah. Right. He cheesed it. He cheesed it, but he got him. Right. So I got him and, he, counts. and he dropped counts. he dropped this thing. So then I farmed. I went back to one of my old areas where I farm. Took about 30 minutes and I just went in, killed bat, bat, bat. They drop they they do 887 runes a piece. Okay. I go in with my meteor staff. I can kill three of them in less than 20 seconds. That's called efficiency. Yeah. Go ahead. And then I, I, I spawn back in at the at the grace site and then I go back in, kill the three guys, 887. So I'm making 2,400. Rinse, rinse and repeat. Right. 2,400, 2,500 every single time. Okay. Leveled up. It cost me 28,000 right now to level up uh, one perk. Okay. I'm level 71, 72. And now, oh, move your phone away from the thing. You have, it's, it's, something's by it. Um, and, uh, so now I have my, I have my faith leveled up and now I'm using the staff. So now the staff, I also had a bunch of stones that I had, or, uh, uh, what are they called? Chat, um, smithing stones, uh, somber stones, or I, I forget what they're called. Anyway, I leveled up the staff to level five. Okay. So now I'm swinging this thing. It takes really long. It's like you take these big whiffs. And it goes, and it just, it just slaughters everything, right? So I'm like, this is fucking great. So last night, I didn't get to use it right away. I get on about the login after I was done streaming. I was like, all right, let me go. Let me, somber stones. Thank you very much, uh, Duplis. Right? So then I'm, I'm playing the game after stream. Smithing stones, somber stones, whatever, the, whatever they're called. First goes, hey, do you want to play? I said, sure. So I join his game. And within, I don't know, Two minutes of being in his game we get invaded right so an invader comes running at us right and i'm like oh, let me try it i guess the size i go vroom, vroom, vroom. three hits murdered the guy that was invading us first starts laughing right? he's like what the hell was that i was like this thing's amazing i, I didn't get to use it I, I didn't get to use it i saw the other guy use it against me the npc okay so i murdered my first pvp first time seeing somebody and I murdered him in three seconds, right? So then we start playing more. Uh, I went 1-0, 2-0, 3-0, 4-0. We ended up 5-0 with invaders coming in. I just... <laughs> just murder everyone. It's, it's, it's a blast, man. So now I'm trying to find something... But don't you think of it, don't you think of it that way? Is it, it's, it's some kind of paper, rock, scissor game. Like somebody's going to come in with a bigger weapon, a better oh, weapon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like how it goes, there, right? There's certain, there's certain guys, there's certain guys um, that it doesn't even affect as much, right? Other guys, it just completely destroys them in one hit. Other guys, it's two hits. Bigger bosses, sometimes I'm hitting like six or seven hits. But it's, I, I feel now that I can go to other places and not get my ass handed to me. Now I do get a little cocky. So I'm like, no one's gonna beat me, and I'm, I'm like, and I get murdered in two seconds because I'm beating something that's even harder than in the past, right? 
Well, that, that's I would I would chalk that up to decent game design because then you feel powerful, but then you're, you're gear checked or right. skill checked at something else. Then you have to switch weapons or yeah. switch tactics. But at least there's an ebb and flow to it. Yeah, I'm, it makes I'm, it interesting. I'm having a blast because right now, uh, now I'm working on trying to uh, level my gear up. Now I have my perks, like I said, I'm level 72, but now I'm trying to get my gear up to like plus two, plus three of the gear that I'm using. Um. I'm having a blast, man. This game, I don't care the haters that are out there, which we'll talk about because Elden Ring is getting uh, review bombed, right? And get this, Sarge. So I went to Metacritic to look at these review bombs, and I started reading Metacritic the other day. I think you were in stream, right? You, you saw me read some. And a lot of people didn't know, like in their, in their uh, review process, they're like, this game's fucking dumb. It doesn't even have a tutorial. And I was like, what? Like, it does. I was like, it does. It does have a tutorial. I watched it. Yeah, I was like, I, I, it's literally in the beginning of the game. But I could see how people got confused, right? Because they end up in that room, and they run past the glowing thing, which is a guy sitting in a chair. It's a dead guy sitting in a chair, and when you click on him, he says, "Take the plunge, remembrance, and something else." He says, which and everyone's like. I don't want to read yeah, anything. Yeah. I want to play the game. Fuck that. Hit the button. Just skip it. And they run out the door. They run out the door. And they're like, there's no goddamn tutorial. I don't know how to jump. And I was like, well, you could just hit start. Go to systems. And then look at the control scheme. And it tells you, like, jump, block, dodge. It says all the stuff. In, in a, in you want a... me to leave the game to learn how to play the game? Right. right. So, but there's an actual tutorial. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a smartass. So I created a tutorial to find the tutorial in Elden Ring. You can you watch that on my room. stream right now. You yeah, romper room music playing in the background. Yeah, no, I, I should have. I should have had like Benny Hill's music is what I should have had uh, playing it. But yeah, so I, I created a video to tell people that there is an actual fucking tutorial in the game, and this is how you missed it, you idiot, because you didn't you didn't read right exactly. Like <laughs> the guy, <laughs> right? So I made a, I made a tutorial video. There is a tutorial in Elden Ring. Um, there, I can see a lot of uh, people talking about, look, like it's copy pasta, a lot of stuff. Like one church looks <clears> at the same other church, which looks at the other church. But look, I, I don't look at I, games I already, like that. I already know why, bro. I've been, I've been reading, I've been watching videos right? for a week straight. Okay. I, the reason, the reason why the game is getting so much hate. Now, I agree with a lot of what people say. On why they don't like it, I get it. Yeah, I, 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 I totally get the stability issues and stuff like that. The, the difference, the difference is, is that the devs from other companies, yeah, this is are throwing shade. Yeah, this now is after 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 doing an analysis for a week, looking at the game, watching gameplay, looking at other games that are similar, trying to understand why, I've come to the conclusion that the reason why other devs are throwing shade. Is because GameSoft has decided FromSoft. not to. Sorry, some. I'm sorry, FromSoft has decided not to follow the open world textbook. Right, right. They decided to go their own way, and it bothers the rest of everybody because they've been doing open world copy pasta for so long. They don't want to have to redo games that they're working on because. They decided to go into a different direction that's called innovating, like right. just to try anything new. And so that's the only answer I can give why, a, especially a developer throwing shade at another developer. Now, if a developer were supposed to throw shade at another developer, 
for God's sakes. Dice is number one on the list. Like if if it's time for developers to start uh, throwing shade at each other, then we got to pick the right games, right? And Battlefield was definitely the right game, right? Number one to throw shade at. You guys, you guys chose Elden Ring to throw shade on. Yeah, yeah. Strange, out, of, out of all, Strange. out of all the games in the past, um, well, let's let's go into it, right? So, let, let's. It's 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 sketchy, man. It's sketchy when all of a sudden something like that happens. It's it's sketchy. So there's there's a lot of stories for Elden Ring, right? So Elden Ring right now, players are selling runes on eBay, but could be banned, right? So. While specific differs from listings to listings, buying a set of runes tends to involve sending a seller your character name, entering a multiplayer with them in a set location and having them drop golden runes items, which can be used to earn uh, plain old runes or take away with you. It appears that the sellers are using duplication glitches to create hundreds of items needed to do this. Uh, In providing a relatively popular service, it seems that some listings report having sold over a hundred packages and runes already a report of Eurogamer confirms that at least some of the sellers are holding up their end of the bargain too in delivering a promise at runes rather than disappointing with uh, disappearing with their money so you can see you'll see things like this on on the on the site it says Elden Ring million runes souls armor set weapons and game items for PS4 PS5 and PlayStation or PC $10 to $200 okay like you could buy these things, right? Elden Ring, huge, one million runes bundle, ten bucks. Elden Rings, What's fast that? delivery, twenty they're million always, Xbox only, twenty five dollars. They always, they always see what happens, and then as soon as they figure out people are making money and they're not making a cut, they'll stop it. Just like every other game company goes through the same shit, right? So listen, first of all, you should you should be thanking them that they actually made a game that didn't have micro microtransactions in right, it, right? And now you're throwing it in their face. By selling their own currency to other people in the game, right? It's, I mean, look, this is I, always going to be a thing. This is always, I, I always going is. to be a I thing. I know it is, but at the same time, it's it, it's it's a little smack to the face, man. Like you don't want a game to have microtransactions, but yet as soon as the opening happens, you do microtransactions against other people for yourself. So, what does that say? I mean, what does if, that, what if, does that say about if the a community? supermarket sells lemons, and I buy those lemons. And then I take those lemons and make lemonade. Okay, what what's the, not problem? the right analogy here? Oh, sure, it's not is. the right analogy. Sure it is. No, because runes were runes. It's not the right analogy. I take I I'm taking my time and I make. Oh, all right, fine. Uh, I take a lemon. I plant that lemon. The lemon grows off a tree. I take the lemons off a tree and I make lemonade. Is that is that okay? Still not the same. But I mean, anyway, but but that's what it is though. This is always <laughs> gonna, this is always going to happen, and people are going to find a way to make money off. Wow, gold farms have been around since the beginning of time, since Ultima Online. Yes, but the the, the game was programmed. And that's to before do there was online. Game. It wasn't. <laughs> if, if they really if, listen, if, if they, I, and I agree both sides. If they really cared about that kind of thing actually happening, they wouldn't have had the ability to trade items in game with other people. It would have just been a PvP game, and that's it. But they allowed that to be in there, and I guarantee you, it's because they wanted to see what they would do. You know, sure. everyone everyone thinks that these that developers just sit in a room they come up with an idea and they just throw the idea out there we make it and we sell it there are there are guys in there thinking all kinds of stuff they're thinking okay so what happens if we do this well we don't know let's, let's do that and see what they do let's do this and see what they try let's let's put this in the game don't say anything about it and let's see how long it takes them before they start selling jewels to each other like you know that's what they're doing 
You know that's what they're doing. Yeah. So from that story of Elden Ring to the next story of Elden Ring, uh, Horizon Forbidden West and Ubisoft developers criticize Elden Ring for game's quest design and UX. Now, developer of the games can hardly uh, embroil themselves in directly criticizing games made by others. There's always an exception, and such thing has appeared earlier today, which involves Horizon Forbidden West developer. A couple of developers associated with separate game, game studios have criticized Elden Ring in certain areas. While there can be a debate over whether the criticism were accurate or not, they're rare to see developers speak out openly about a game that haven't worked on. Okay, so this is what happened uh, on Twitter here, Sarge. On Twitter, there was, there was three people. One person, Ahmed uh, Salama, said that the fact that Elden Ring score a 97 Metacritic is proof that reviewers don't give a flaming poop about game UX, my life is a lie, because he is a UX developer. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Chad, I believe this gentleman works for Battlefield. I'm pretty sure that that gentleman worked for EA's Battlefield. Okay. Now, Rebecca Fernandez O'Shea, which I think is very, very rare. You have a Fernandez O'Shea, which is, that's, Ooh, that's, that's the rarest of the rare. That's the rarest, right? A Latin Irish. That's right. That's it's right. All passion and anger. That's right. So, your PC graphics, she says. Stability and performance, apparently. And then the worst one is Horizon Forbidden uh, Blake here, which is nor quest design, really. Okay? Which is coming from a guy who just made a game, and obviously his quest design was his position, okay, uh, over on Horizon. So here he is. He's the senior quest designer at Guerrilla Games on Horizon Forbidden West. Past projects include Horizon Zero Dawn, ESO, Star Wars, The Old Republic, and Epic Mickey. He worked on all these games, and now he's blocking everyone because obviously he said something, and you know, you have consequences for things. Yeah, but okay, but let's. Can we, there's so many different ways you can look at this. Let's just let's take it one at a time, okay? For me, if a developer is throwing shade on another developer, and it's not for something like grotesque, right? It's just it's for actual business purposes, right? right? It's unprofessional. It's unprofessional to throw, oh, of to throw shade at each other. Uh, of course. Right? Now, if if you're if the guy from the other company was like a a diddler or or, or something so ridiculous gotcha. that it warrants it warrants a it warrants a confrontation, it warrants something to be said. Fine, but it's about the game. You don't like the way I made my game, so you're gonna throw shade at me. It's unprofessional. Yeah, they're all they're all in the same profession, right? I'm telling you, they're mad. They're mad because now they have to decide to change direction on how they make open world games. Yeah. That's the issue. I, I, because I, now they can't copy pasta. Somebody else decided to somebody else decided to do something different. And and everyone knows how the, the mainstream stuff likes to stay exactly where they are. Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed, Battlefield, copy pasta, copy pasta. Right. And so if somebody takes a chance and does something different, if if it's liked. That's why they threw so much shade at it. If it sticks and people like it, they're going to look at other open world games and say, well, they're not doing well, what this guy's doing. Right. So I'm not as interested. Well, the 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 person that's the 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 quest designer, I think he's mad because he spent the last, I don't know, five years of his life making a quest log that shows up on their game. And that's the, and that's what they've done on purpose. Right. That's the way they wanted to design their game. And I said this before I even played Elden Ring. Okay. I said, watching people play, I said, this is the next evolution in open world games, right? 
what what Grand Theft Auto did, and then what Skyrim did, and then what Breath of the Wild did. This is on par, and then they just take something and make it just a little bit better. Not not earth shattering different, but no. enough where if you look at the past, all the games that figured it out all made the same cookie cutter. Skyrim came out and said, "Here's a quest." Right, and every open world game since Skyrim has made the quest. Here's the marker. Go find it. Go fetch. Go do this. Go do that. Bigger maps. They brag about how big the maps are, how much there's to do or not to do on these maps, right? And this game comes out, and I know it looks like copy pasta to a lot of people, but literally everywhere you go in this game, in Elden Ring, there's something to get. There's something to go for. And if, you're, if your player character is set to, let's say, uh, uh, mage, okay, and you find a broadsword or a longsword or a samurai sword, and you're not using that stuff, it might be garbage to you. But if you play the game again, you're like, oh, well, I remember that the samurai sword was over here. So now you make a different build, and now you beeline it to the place where the sword was, so now you can use that sword for a different build. Or when you pick up this build, all of a sudden you're like, you know what? This looks like a pretty badass sword. I might start taking my skill sets and leaning more towards strength or leaning more towards this type of thing. So now I'll be a a, a, a swing position as far as a, a mage slash broadsword. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's great it, about this game. I look at it from a different perspective. I'm looking at it as they're actually training the guys who don't have patience to learn how to play a game to learn how to play a game. Right. Right? Because... They decided to make another version of Blood, uh, Blood, uh, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Dark Souls, this, Dark Souls. But this one, Bloodborne. but this one, but this one is a little bit more approachable. It's not as hardcore as the other games were. So they widened up their audience a little bit. Yeah, and so now people understand what kind of game this is, and now people are using it as like a little stepping stone to like, what is it to play this kind of game? Right. It's not holding my hand. I've got to learn moon mechanics. I've got to learn moves. I've got to figure out the character. It's not just follow the marker, press X. Right? I look at it that way. So I think that's a positive. Anything to train gamers how to be better gamers is a bonus in my is, is a plus in my category. Reese, you're correct. Uh Horizon, AC, um, uh, even Skyrim. You could shut off the HUD and and the quest log in Skyrim 12 years ago. You could have done sure. it. Right. But people would have been it's default. It's on default is on because people would lose their mind if they yeah. if they couldn't find how to turn it on. And they you had would to go. Have to, you would have to write down the place you have to go to. Right. And then you'd have to wander around. And then right. when you actually found the spot, you'd go, I found it. Right. right? You right. You, you keep like notes like we did back in the old days. Right. That's what it was. So let's not pretend that game length is also attached to wandering aimlessly. Right. Right. A game that's really short wouldn't have been short in your open world game. It's only, it's not it's not a thirty hour game. If you knew where everything was, exactly. if I didn't know where anything exactly. was, it'd be hundreds of hours. Right, uh, Skyrim would easily be a thousand hour game, easily. To what to to hundred percent it? No, yes. just just to beat it, just to just to well, beat it. I would I would say not to know on with that with no not HUD looking, and not looking anything up. Yeah, no, they'll get up. Just playing the game with no HUD, nothing. Maybe a, maybe a nickel. Come on, maybe there's a quest. Hours. There's a hours. there's a quest. I remember that you're all the way on the far right side of the map, and it's all the way to the far fucking left, up in the corner in the snow, right? Yeah, but you'd, you you would wouldn't know a, it's there. You don't even I, know it's there because the, the map would be completely blacked out. You're like, where's that town? I don't know where that is. 
Wait, you you would have a stack of notes like this. Yeah. You, you would have you would have like the Dead Sea Scrolls. You would get like a, protra a protractor you. trying to to, right? to level out your your. Like I've been I've been playing Skyrim for a week. There's there's notebooks like this high where all the stuff is. He hasn't found shit <laughs> yeah. yet. He's just wandering it's around. Like, it's like it's like this here. It's like uh, hold on. Where what world's that? Uh, uh, what, what is that? Uh, this is my my notes for Skyrim. Uh, this yeah, but is see, you're, we're laughing. This is the log of, has... of my stuff. Yeah, but you're laughing, but nobody has the time. But that's how we used to play a game. You had to make your own map. You had to make the name of the town. Oh, this is the town I found. Okay, great. This is the town. And then, then later on, when you find somebody else that says, hey, you have to go to this town for me, you're like, hey, I happen to know where that town is. Hold on a second. I wrote it down. It's in it's in chapter nine book. Hold on one second. Let me go get that. Right. Right. Like, that's that's what it would be. Here, Here's right. the thing. Here's the thing. Elden Ring is based on the ground of there is no HUD to go tell you go here right okay? just look at the game so the the base level of the game the foundation of the game okay is built off of that where assassin's creed skyrim and all the other stuff is built on this person gives you a quest there's a dot go get it right you could shut off the hud but the dialogue and stuff wouldn't tell you it's in a hill up to the left in the west Right, it, it it's not built into second, second tree from the right. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Like even Red Dead Redemption kind of does this, right? When you used to get treasure maps in Red Dead Two, it just shows you a map. Yeah, that was hard with though. an X. Like, trying to right? match, and you're like, to match where the, the fuck is this? Like you had no idea <laughs> right. where it was, right? Of course, right. people looked it up on on the on YouTube of, of, of and course. stuff. Of course, right. Like it's it's a rock that looks like a hump with a face on the background. Right, right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying exactly. to match that. Right. I'm wondering, but you know what They're was interesting up. about that? It's like Goonies you know holding up the little compass and seeing the rocks get in place. It sounds annoying, but when you're playing Red Dead, I, and I've done it, like when you're playing Red Dead, like all of a sudden it, it's kind of interesting though. Like you'll have that map, right? And as you're walking around or riding a horse, all of a sudden you'll go, "This stuff looks kind of familiar." Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you and you'll look at the map. You'll pull the and map like, out. You're in the general area. Like you recognize a landmark, and then you're like, "Oh, I'm near where this thing is." Now I just have to find out how to line this stuff up. It's like it's a little bit of exciting because you're actually you're going to find it. But for some reason, they know what kind of landmarks to put around you. Of course, that kind of triggers you to remember the map. Yeah. No, Mo. That's why I'm bringing it up. That's why I'm bringing Red Dead up and stuff like that. Right. So people are giving shit to Elden Ring, but yet there are games already out there. Sea of Thieves has been doing this for four years. They don't tell you shit. There's not a guy going, here's the marker. There's no markers on, on Sea of Thieves. It gives you a map and it says uh, uh, Sharkbait Island. You're like, okay. And then I have to read through a book. I have to look at the map. And once I get on the island, I got to match up where I am on the thing and go, oh, that looks familiar. There's a there's a tombstone. I found a tombstone on the map. No one gave shit to Sea of Thieves for hold, not holding your hand, right? It's like a beautiful balance. And there's other games that have done this. Red Dead, Red, uh, uh, Red Dead 2, uh, Sea of Thieves, well, parts of it. Elden parts Ring, of it. right? There's parts of it that, that don't hold your hand, okay? I'm I'm fine with it. I think I think it's a nice, it's it's refreshing in a in a world of, course of it's copy refreshing. pasta. In a in a world of copy pasta open world games, it's it's different and it fits it it, it fits the niche. That's what it did. So, on top of that, right? Let me uh, there's there there's a uh, another story of Elden Ring. We have a couple of them. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, so Elden Ring's being review bombed, and a lot of people have criticism for it, right? One of the people that has criticism for it, he's a, he's a streamer. Uh, I'm not calling the, the dude out, but it's an article, okay? <clears throat> now, 
it's he's a disabled gamer, and as, as YouTube is Steve uh, Saylor Saylor has received backlash after claiming that Elden Ring's difficulty was an inaccessible issue. Okay, accessibility issue. He's a uh, He's partially blind, and he he tells what his his uh, his uh, disease is that he had with his glasses, and he he says the best way I can describe it: if you take an image and then put the blurriness up, he sees like smudges or whatnot, right? So he says that Elden Ring lacks the accessibility options with journalist and fellow accessibility advocate uh, Grant Stoner. In a video uploaded on his channel on March 1st, Taylor criticizes Elden Ring for having no menu narration, a text size, a font, the difficulty to read, and lack of options for making subtitles more visible. Now, Sailor also criticized how there are no visual indicators for any enemy that attacks you from behind or on the side and no navigational assistance. How, uh, however, he later states that Grace uh, can point uh, to where you need to go, but it leads to one of the other toughest bosses in the game. But he starts to go, if you watch this video, he starts to starts off really good saying that this is the reasons that he doesn't, it needs the accessibility. But then it turns into a more of a bitch fest of it doesn't work for him and why it works for him. And at that point, it doesn't become about accessibility, right? Because not everything in life is fair. We all know that, okay? It's just not, okay? And certain games are not meant for certain people. And certain game companies don't have the resources or uh, accessibility to make that certain parts of the thing sure bungie has two thousand people working for it or nine hundred thousand people working for them they can make a colorblind slider or uh different things to help people out accessibility right make the text bigger do all these other stuff but, but not every company not every company has made. that exactly but wait it's, but it's, it's not it's okay look it's not it's not done on purpose they didn't right, make the game <laughs> they didn't make the game on purpose not to not for him to play right like that that wasn't the intention this is the way that they made their particular game, and it's unfortunate that he's not able to play the game that he wants to play. But at the same time, maybe later on down the road they'll do an adjustment. Maybe they'll make some type of thing they'll add on to the game. You don't know that, right? But to but to come out immediately like the game just comes out, and you're mad because it's not accessible to you. I understand that, but once again, even for people who have no disabilities at all, just normal people, there are certain things that are not accessible to them certain things that they can't do either right whether it be a game an event a job whatever it's not focused just on a person with a disability everything can't be done for everybody it's sad to a point and i 100 percent agree with it but this is not like one of those things that's not fixable no. like later on down the road maybe they'll come out with some stuff Maybe they'll come out with a program that will help him out, give him the give him the HUD that he wants or the warning that he wants. But you can't you can't immediately as a game comes out, you start getting mad about it because it's not accessible to you. Right. I, I, I get it. I get it. You're upset. I'm upset about some things that's not accessible to me. But at the <laughs> same time, wasn't designed that way. Right. Well, he he also says you can skip the tutorial completely by accident and it doesn't take you through through it by default, but it does. If you just take a moment, you it, all, you, all you have to do is just take a moment and go to the glowing object. And when you click on the glowing object, it literally tells you if you read, right? And and I guess everyone's different and some people think, but 
again, he starts to go into. It's not, it's not done intentional. Right. He starts to go in more and more. And it sounds You're looking more. For mal he's looking for malice. There's no malice. He, they, they just designed a game. It's, it starts to get more in, in depth of why he doesn't like it or whatnot. And again, not all games need to be accessible. It's not like the game company, like you said, Sarge, went out and said, you know what? Partially blind people. Let's make sure they can't play the game, right? That's not their intention to go out and do that. Their intention is like, hey, let's make a game, and these are the parameters that we want to make the game in. If you don't fall into that, I'm sorry. Some businesses have stairs with no ramps, so a person in a wheelchair can't go up into that business. And and I'm sure, and I'm sure they took flack for it. Uh, absolutely. Okay. And then things changed in the future, where now when they make a building. They have to have handicap accessibility, right? But a lot of businesses in like the major cities, like Philadelphia, New York, there are businesses that can't uh, have accessibility because the buildings are super old. It would cost them way too much to change the ways to do things of now of modern day certain things. Now, obviously, this is a modern day game, but they chose to make certain things. Maybe Elden Ring 2 will have more accessibility in the way. Now, here's... I don't find this funny. I find it humorous, though, because he's talking about accessibility and how it's hard to do stuff. Meanwhile, I don't know the, 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 the person that did this. I don't know his name. Chad, if you guys know the video, there's a gentleman who is in a wheelchair. He, he doesn't have any movement with his arms or hands, so he plays not only this game, but video games with the mouthpiece. Right? He puts a mouthpiece in his, in his hand, and he's, and he's you know, moving his blowing and... and, and all the movements you do with your, with your mouth and stuff, right? He beats the hardest boss in the game, right? There's not an easy okay, so, mode. <clears throat> well, then, then, I, then I think that's a better defense for a conversation. If, if that gentleman would have the conversation that we're having right now, it would be more credible. Right. Okay. There, there's also a guy who beat the major boss, okay? Let me see if I could find this one. I had it, Okay. He beats the major boss, Sarge, with, he's playing the game with bananas, okay? What do you mean by bananas? He's playing with bananas, okay? Let me, like let me. The, like the fruit? Yeah, like the actual fruit. So he has a camera above, and he's got uh, a, wires plugged into a banana. He's got them set up like a controller in front of him, okay? I'm sorry. Bananas. He's got bananas. He's got bananas plugged in. Bananas plugged in. You can use potatoes. You can use bananas, right? You can I didn't know. I, I I didn't know bananas had the same power as yes. potatoes. Okay. And this gentleman, I, I I learned something new today. I had no idea. No, not not the not the boss dupless. I was talking about the actual uh, the person that was uh, the content creator or whatever the guy who did it. Um. So this gentleman plays, and I'll play the clip. I'm not gonna have any uh, thing, but he's literally pushing bananas. Okay. Now. People are saying accessibility, okay? People are saying accessibility. It's, it's not accessible for a lot of people. This dude decided to make it harder on himself by playing the game with fucking bananas, okay? And he beats the boss, a boss, with bananas, okay? I know the joke. I know the joke for this. What, what, Am I allowed to say it? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. All right. It's uh, bananas. Every, every, everyone knows what this is, right? Okay, so Elden Ring. A game so difficult, a monkey could play it. <laughs> All right? Right? Does that count as a dad joke? Uh, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to give you a round of applause there, Sarge. That's, that's that... Round of applause. I mean, seriously, if, if you can actually beat the game with the that, that's pretty fucking right. he, he, he beat, he beat that's, the boss. That's, that's the part of gaming 
that I love and I miss is shit like this. Right. Like just just absurd stuff that only gamers would understand. You sit around and talk about it and like, hey, did you see that guy who beat the boss in Elden Ring with fucking bananas? And, he, and you know, like that's a conversation. And if other people looked, we used to back in the day used to look at you and like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> right. Like you'd be at work someplace and you're like, did you see that guy win that game with bananas? And like uh, normal people, we call them back normal. They were the normal people. Right. And they'd be like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Yeah. You guys are ridiculous. Like you didn't see that guy. You didn't see the video of the guy. Yeah. Beat, yeah. The guy that was uh, the guy, the guy was blind and beat the guy with the bananas. Right. Um. Real quick, uh, Sven has been a member for 13 months. What did you think of Batman? Let me tell you, uh, first of all, round of applause for you. Thank you very much for uh, for being a member for 13 months. And second of all, you can go check out Nerding with 30. I have a complete review of Batman, so you can see what my thoughts are uh, on that channel. I liked it. I liked it. I'll say, I'll say that. Um, so, yeah. Thank you very much for the 13 months. I appreciate it. So, another, another story from Elden Ring. Okay. Barely half of the Elden Ring PC players have beaten the game's first major boss. Well, let me tell you something. I'm on Xbox. I'm 35 hours in, and I have yet to even see hey, the first the, boss. Where's the tier? Where's the tier emotion? Okay, I, I haven't even seen. I haven't even seen the first boss, Sarge, because I'm playing this game unlike anybody's playing this game. Okay, I literally get on my horse. And I see a part of a map that I don't have exposed yet. And I just ride in that direction. Okay. And I expose the map and try to find the grace points. Okay. And that's how I'm playing this game. I'm literally exploring the whole map. Even though I know if I play just through the story, the story will get me through the map. I don't care. I'm literally just hopping on a horse, riding in a distance and going, oh, what's that? And then just go over there and then explore and explore and explore and explore. I haven't even fought. I haven't even fought the, the main guy yet. Or the first boss yet. Okay. So it says, From Software titles re uh, renowned for uh, pitting players against extremely tough opponents, as reported by TechRadar. Uh, the Steam achievement list shows that Godric, the game's first fully-fledged boss encounter, is providing to be a significant roadblock for Elden Ring's PC players. With just 55% triumphing against him so far, PlayStation fans are faring slightly better at 64%, having currently achieved victory over the formidable foe. Uh, the game's commercial success could be a big factor here. Elden Ring is generally considered more accessible than earlier uh, from software entries like Dark Souls or Sekiro, but still provides a brutal challenge, particularly if you're brand new to Souls or mechanics uh, with even regular enemies posing a real danger. Um, statistics could reflect newcomers' struggle as they get acquainted with the From Software formula, which is basically what's happened to me. I was getting my ass kicked. I was like, you know what? I'm going to level up. And now I have a fucking death Sith with chainsaw things coming out of it. And you know what? Maybe I'll go fight the boss now. And maybe I'll just destroy him in two seconds, which is fine. Okay? Which is fine. Okay? Everything, so, is, not, everything is not supposed to be easy. No. But right? if it Listen, takes me 35 hours to level up to kill the first boss, <clears throat> that's not easy. That's to be 30, 35 hours in. Okay, but the, but the argument always goes back and forth. There is no back and forth for this argument. A developer decides to make a game a certain way. Those people who have been following that developer know the game that's coming out. They know it because they played it because they're the ones that like it. Now we get to a game where they decide to tweak it a little bit in order to capture a larger audience. Now those new people come in and now they bitch because it's not the same type of game that they're used to. And so now they sit on, they stand on the soapbox 
and they yell into the wind that the game's too hard. Well, there's two answers to this, right? And they both suck, by the way. One is get good, right? right? right. You're deciding to take up a challenge. It's challenging. You take the challenge. Otherwise, number two is don't play the fucking game. That's it. There's not like <laughs> this little hand-holding, uh, hand-holding uh, like, troop of people going to come on your door, knock on the door, sing kumbaya, and want to help you win a game. Like, it's it's just, it's, it's gaming is a microcosm of like the real world. Some things are challenging. Some things are easy. Most of all, it's supposed to be entertaining. But if you're going to bitch about the entertainment because it's too difficult for you, then that's not for you. Right. It's not an argument. It's not even a discussion. Telling people that you need to put an easy mode in a game is like telling me that you have to hire me because I look better than the next guy. Like, you're not special. You are not special. Are you qualified to play this game? Just like, are you qualified for the job? Are you qualified to do this? Can you can you do right. what needs to be done right. in order to play this game? Same shit. Same shit. I don't understand why there has to be like this back and forth with this. You play it or you don't. Right? No one right. because you're not because you're not good at something doesn't mean people are going to come help you all the time. But that, that's just it. Like if I don't like that's a, how it works. If I don't like a, a looter shooter, I don't play the game. If I don't like a real-time strategy, I don't play the game. Just because I don't, if I don't play a first-person shooter game and then all of a sudden I pick up a first-person shooter game and then complain that the first-person shooter game is too hard, right? But you've never played oh, it before. You, I could tell you right away that if you've never played a first-person shooter game before, your reaction time is just garbage. Yeah, yeah. Your hand-eye coordination is garbage. If you've never played a first-person shooter game and you've been used to playing other types of games and someone throws you into a, it's it's horrendous. Right. It's horrendous. So... So the game is out, and right now Elden Ring has reportedly sold, this is two, from two days ago, has reportedly sold 10 million copies on PC already. Alone. Alone and already, okay? Not including Xbox, not including P PlayStation. Good for them. So here's why I think people are review bombing, Sergeant. This is just my, uh, my theory on this, okay? I think it's two sides. One, I think it's just haters that see that this Dark Souls type of game is going mainstream. Now, I looked up an article. Total sales from all Dark Souls games, just Dark Souls now, 1, 2, and 3 over the years, has sold a total of 27 million copies. Total. That's a, that's a niche market. That's a niche market. Very niche market. Okay. Now, this game alone on PC has sold 10 million copies in the first week of it on PC but alone. Get, but they got what they wanted. So They I know, got a larger audience. I know, but this is why I think it's getting review bombed. I think it's getting review bombed by people that are haters of they don't want this Dark Souls being up in this uh, more popular game, okay? Two, I think people are not uh, responding to it very well because they are the Dark Souls fans. I read through a lot of reviews yesterday or two days ago, and people that were, I'm a Dark Souls fan. I've played all the series, blah, blah, blah. This game is nothing new. This is a Dark Souls 3. This is a clone, blah, blah, blah. Copy, paste, blah, blah, blah. They were pissed. And I think they're more pissed, not because of the copy pasta, not because they're reusing the bosses and certain assets of it. It's because the game is no longer a niche game. It is now, yep. it is now like back when we were kids, everyone knew what Nintendo was as if you were a kid between the ages of five and and like 12, like you wanted a Nintendo, right? But not everyone had Nintendo, okay? And a lot of people didn't play video games back in the day. So for us, the people that played video games, it was cool, it was hip, it was neat because no one, not everyone knew what it was and played it, okay? 
Now, everyone on planet Earth plays a game. Something. They make sure it's on their resume. They're like, I, I got the part. Yeah, I played Batman because I, I played Batman Arkham. And I, I, when I was a kid, I love playing video games type of shit, right? Oh, God of War? It was my dream to play God of War, right? Like, this is what's happening now. Because now Dark Souls series from Soft has made a game that has now pushed it up into pop culture, basically, in, into the mainstream media. Okay, we talked about it last week that more articles were written by four times the amount for Elden Ring than any other game in the last two, three years, okay? So I think a lot of people are upset because now they're little niche, they're cult classic games that very, very passionate community of Dark Souls fans, okay? And lots of people love watching people play Dark Souls, but they don't play Dark Souls themselves. Well, Elden Ring opens that up for more people to play. I've never played a Dark Souls game. This is my first Dark Souls game, but I didn't do it because of the fighting. I did it because of the open world brought me in. I saw how it was. And I was like, you know what? That's actually pretty cool. I'm going to play it because of the open world aspect, right? And I'm, and I'm adapting to it. First eight hours, I was like, this is rough. This is rough. But I loved it because of the exploration. And then I started getting stuff. And I was like, oh, I could build something. And now I'm building something. And now I'm killing things. I feel very vindicated. I feel very excited about where my build's going, okay? I think a lot of people... It's that cold classic. No, you don't know what you don't know what Killer Clowns from Outer Space is. I was a fan of Killer Clowns of Outer Space, but now they have Killer Clowns of Outer Space like number five, and now it's like mainstream. You know what I mean? I, I'm making it up, but that's what I feel like this is. I feel like it's a very niche market, and the people that are part of that market are upset because now it's something that more people love, and they don't want that. Right? They don't want the the, the cool kids table to get bigger. They want it to be small and 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 uh, uh, intimate. And I think that's what it is. But they, but they did exactly what they wanted to do. They got a following, and they were able to, they were able to enlarge their core audience. Yeah, and the game's still doing well. Yeah. That's that's what you want to do as a business. You want to grow. They're, you can't you can't grow forever, right? But when you're a niche market, and now you 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 go to the next level. It's it's a it's a gaming term, and it's in it's a real life term. You go to the next level. There, there's right? something about. Just turning on Twitch or YouTube right now and watching someone play Elden Ring. Okay. You mean the guys that are throwing the controllers? Yeah, or just the guys every, every, are... everything about it. Everything. The watching the streamer play, watching where they're going, where they're playing, the the the, the toughness of it. Uh laughing at them when they die and cheering on when they when they when they kill them, right? It's like this when you watch someone kill a boss, it's like you're rooting for them to die because you want to be entertained, but at the same time, when they beat it, you're like, "Yeah, good job, man!" Right? Like it's it's interesting to watch someone, uh, has watch someone because play not, this game because you're not spamming a button to win. Yeah, it takes yeah. skill to win, and some people have their move sets down. Some people have a character that's OP that they can just walk through bosses, but they they've killed enough guys to get to that point. It wasn't handed to them, yeah. and it wasn't bought by their in-game currency right they had to figure out the game that's what a video game is supposed to be hmm. all right a game uh, even though, even even though the game has an instruction manual in the beginning in the back in the, in the dark days when when you bought a game and had an instruction manual the game tells you what the controls do right but you don't know the tricks the moves the tactics the mechanics like those are things that you learn when you play the game that's the point of learning the game right people want to put a game in and they want the game to tell them everything. Yep. Come here, Timmy. Let me tell you how to how to hit the start button. Here, over here. Is this and so thing. as soon as as soon as a game didn't tell them everything, they start crying. Like immediately, 
immediately start crying because the game didn't didn't tell him what to do. And, and then and, and the worst part was the game would have told him what to do if you took 10 seconds to click on a thing in a room when you first started, but your patience level is right. so minuscule. I run past this glowing thing and just run. I have to I have to start the game now. This is bullshit. I gotta start playing. And then you complain that the tutorial is not there. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of things going on. There, Look, there's no, there's nothing to say about those people. They said it to themselves. The the next game, in my opinion, and uh Melrose uh Melrose Mike says it, right? From software has leveled up, right? Yeah. I think because they're they're mainstream now, this is this is Witcher 3 for CD Projekt Red, right? Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll put that on the same level. That sounds about right. This is their we'll, we'll game. See they, we'll see what they do with it, though. Yes, the, but this is my next point. From software, even though they made great Dark Souls games, and now mainstream, they've made this game where now everyone knows who FromSoft is, okay? What their next game is, is, is what they do with it. Because now they have more people than ever before that have played their games and own their game and what they make next is, I think, is going to be a big. Know what they do, right? Know what they can do, right? That now well, the microscope's going to come hope, out, and they'll be like, "I hope that? they don't." I hope they don't let it go to their head. I hope they don't go to their head. Right. Right. Well, uh, what what uh, Reese says. So next we get Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Right. It could be. It could be because now the microscope comes out. Right. And now every nuance that this company goes. Well, they had a great game with Elder, El, uh, Elden Ring, but now Elden Ring two, man, just wasn't wasn't different enough from Elden Ring one. It didn't it didn't meet expectations. Right, right. It underperformed. It underperformed. Right. They always want this. They always want the 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 un, unrealistic uh, type of stuff there. Uh, speaking of unrealistic type of stuff, and I totally forgot to do the uh, the top stories, uh, but I guess we could do it now because it was Elden Ring and we moved into it. So let's do the top stories, sir. Top stories. Uh, we talked about Elden Ring. Elden Ring was part of the top stories, but let's start with Babylon Fall could be Square Enix's latest flop, and they've had a lot of them. They've had a lot of them. Even good oh, games really? flopped for them, okay? Like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Critically, critically, it was a really good game. People loved that game, but their own words, it underperformed, okay? And then you had Marvel's Avengers, which we all know that story, Okay. And then we have Babylon Fall, Fall that comes out. Now, this is an online-only hack-and-slash RPG. Babylon looks like Square Enix's latest disappointment. Okay? Based on an extremely low player count, Babylon Fall could be the next Square Enix game to deliver disappointing results. Babylon Fall is the online-only hack-and-slash RPG from Platinum Games. And it has less than 1,000 people playing on Steam on its launch day. Right now, the game has roughly 4,000 Twitch viewers, and this is a couple days ago, Indicated low curiosity for this game. I didn't even know it came out. Okay, well, I didn't even know it came they, out. They don't advertise for it. That's number one. Number two, the market's flooded. Okay, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but a lot of people don't have a lot of time to play multiple games as that kind of game. That's number two. Number three, it's copy pasta game. Right. Right. It checks a bunch of boxes, and it's supposed to get people engaged, but there's nothing really thrilling about it. So what, well, what were you expecting? Well, what, what, did, it what says, did you think was supposed to happen? Well, this is what happened, right? So there, there, there are a few general reasons for this. is low visibility. No one I it know remembered what this game was, okay, or when it was coming out. Like, no one marketed it. Okay, Elden Ring from software also came out, and it's the, it's the most popular game in years, right? Taking visuals away from everyone. Uh, Krebsy just said that uh, Elden Ring's got like 560,000 people watching. 
online only. Forcing online multiplayer is quite unpopular, not to mention the in-game microtransactions as well, okay? And then very, very low, I put two varies there, very low review scores. Uh, big YouTubers like Mr. Matty Plays have delivered uh, same thing reviews of the game. So now you had Square, uh, Square Enix had uh, Marvel's Avengers, they had uh, Guardians of the Galaxies, and now they have this game. And this is another live service game, and Square Square Enix is is doubling down on 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 live service games. And just, they're such a they're doing such a bang up job with the rest of them. Yeah, so uh, Square Enix mostly uh, relies on smartphone slash browser games, which generate over forty six percent of the nine month revenue. Okay, eight hundred forty nine million, in fact. HD games, which include AAA titles like aforementioned Babylon Fall, Avengers, and Guardians of the Galaxy, only made one hundred fifty million uh, more than Square Enix's MMO segment. Okay, three games made just barely more, 150 million more than their one game of Final Fantasy, uh, right? So, which is terrible, right? So, the, the big chunk of change there for them. But yeah, Babylon Fall um, is is suffering right now. They have a is 650 it, 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 concurrent it, viewers player count on Steam. Is it an action action RPG or is it an MMO? It's an action RPG, I believe. It's a it, it's like uh, think of uh, Avengers. Lost Ark? Think of uh, think of Avengers. Right, think of Avengers, where you're no Lost Ark's an MMO. Uh, it's like Avengers. You have a character. Uh, you can have other characters ch come in, and you're and you're fighting on these uh, not rail sem semi open world rail system. You're going through buildings and things and corridors and fighting things, hack and slash, loot drops and whatnot. And there's microtransactions. So what's what's the theme on that one? Krebsy says it's like Godfall. Um, the theme is so it, it looks mythic mythical. Um. I don't know. This is this is what it looks like, like the picture of it. Yeah, it's like it's I guess it's like mythical. You know, you're picking up uh you know cool looking armor and whatnot and it's a hack and slash. I it, gotcha. it seems like it would be interesting, but the graphics look outdated. The graphics look like a and again, I'm not a big guy. Like graphics don't sell me. Okay. The gameplay sells me first, which is subpar. Right, like they don't do very anything very well with this game, and then the There's graphics, no on, the graphics no on top of the that, and, and no the graphics the on top of that are are, are are like PlayStation Three, right? Well, there's what's your attachment? Your attachment to the character, your attachment to the story, your attachment to the theme. Like, what's the attachment? If it's just another, if it's just another hack and slash game, then we already have four of them I can play right now before I even look at Babylon Fall. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, listen, if well, here's here's the other point of it, right? You have to release a game because you're trying to make revenue, right? Right. But apparently, Square Enix has got all these games that they keep releasing, and they they all underperform. Mediocre games. Mediocre games. But let's let's be honest. Why do you release all these games at the same time everybody else is releasing games? Why don't you just move it around they a little got, bit? They got to get if, it out in the quarter because they had to get their their revenue for that last quarter. Whatever, you know? bro. Whatever. Well, so so it's better to release during the quarter you need it, but you don't make the money from it to make the quarter count for anything, and you lose your population and you lose your community because of it. So what's what's the bonus for trying to get it out during the quarter? It makes no sense, yeah, right? You you're you're bleeding money anyway. You're you're paying people to be there whether you sell the game or not. I sell the game. I I got to make money. So if I if I'm trying to make the most money possible, when I try to release it and try to promote it a little bit, what is this this little I guess discount anything that they keep doing where they want to release these games and want to get paid, but they don't advertise for any of them. 
I mean, like, how does that work? I mean, I'm a fan of Marvel's did, Avengers. Did, did, and... did they hire a bunch of streamers to play it, and they thought that they were going to do it for them? Like, what? I don't. I don't even remember hearing about this game. Yeah, I, I I'm a fan of Marvel's Avengers. So I, I did a tweet today because they came up with an update today, and it, there was no roadmap. So I decided to make a tweet, and I said, "It's been about 26 weeks or 183 days since your last roadmap news for Marvel's Avengers." Uh, I feel like old Steve Rogers over here, okay? Oh, and by the way, don't forget to put this skin in the marketplace, you know, for the fans. Because if we're not going to get a roadmap, I would like old Cap to come into the game as a skin so, so I could spend $14, right? That was, that was my, my smart-ass tweet out there. Because, again, there's no roadmap. And, again, it's a subpar, it's a subpar game waiting. Okay? Do, you need, do you personally need to have a roadmap in order to get mad about it? No, I'm do not mad about it. It's just funny to me because there's people out in the in the... There's, Roadmaps there's, are trash. There's two. There's two sets Complete of people. And total trash. There's two sets of people in the community. There's people that tell you how many days have passed since uh, you know the game has been out and people still play it. And then there's other people that shit on it every time it comes out. So I I combined both of them together to say how many days it was for the last roadmap. And also here add this to the skin uh, to the marketplace, right? Because that's all you people want anyway is just new skins because you don't really care about the gameplay. You don't really care. The majority of the player base just wants more skins. For the fans, the real fans are the people that pay the fourteen dollars for the stuff, not the people that actually like the game and play the well, game. Well, you, you you can call them the real fans. I'd call them something else, but I'm not going to say it. Right. <laughs> well, that game has a five year roadmap now. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so that's Babylon Five. Uh, the next story I want to talk about is Halo Infinite. Okay, let me make sure I have. You mean the game? You mean the game that still doesn't have co op? Yeah, the the, the game that still doesn't have co op. Uh, and that's actually what we're talking about, Sarge. Halo Infinite co-op mode delayed yet again. Delayed yet again. I know, Sarge. 343 Industries confirms that the co-op co campaign for Halo Infinite is being uh, delayed yet again and won't arrive at the start of Season 2. So it's getting pushed back again. And I don't care what anyone says. It's now delayed one year and then months on top of that and, and then pushed even further, right? Because... This game was supposed to launch in 2021. Oh, I'm sorry, 2020. Okay, it launched in 2021. Co-op wasn't ready for when the game launched the second time. Okay, and now we're, what, three months afterwards? And we still don't have it? And it's not going to come until, like, midsummer, like June, maybe? But once again, when co-op is done, like, when it's actually done, that's when you say it's done. Yeah. That's all that has to happen. You don't have to keep telling me it's going to be out in July, and then when July comes, say we're delaying it. Don't say shit. When it, the game's already out, like you're, you guys are playing Halo right now. You're yeah, playing. You can, you can play it solo. Right? Yeah, you can play right. it solo. You're playing it. So when it's time for co-op to come out, you make an announcement and say, "Hey, co-op's done. Coming out tomorrow." Yeah, but right. But here's That's the problem. All you do. Here's the problem. They already said it's That's coming out. Do. They already told you it was coming out in season one. And they're like, oh, no, it's coming out in season two. But now it's not even coming know. out in season two. Now it's coming out later in season two. You are putting, you are putting a date on something that you don't know that is done. When to, it's they, done, they have to tell you, you release it. They have to say no, something. No, you don't. They have to say something. No, you start. don't have to they, say shit. They have shit. to put their foot in their mouth. They have to tell you that right? something's it's, coming it, and then it doesn't come. It's asinine and retarded. If, if my generation of people have, ri have rise to the ranks, have gotten, have gotten to PR management of these fucking companies, and this is the best job you guys can do, fucking fire yourself. But, but how, Sarge? Get the fuck out of the business. How am, I, out of the business. how am I supposed to get mad at the fans, Sarge? 
How am I supposed to get mad at the fans if I'm the developer if I tell them a date and then delay it multiple times? How am I not supposed to get mad at them for being mad at us? Right? That's the logic. They're like, hey, let's tell them something. Let the fans get excited for something. And then when it doesn't happen, there's two sides. Oh, it's just a fucking video game. Calm down. It'll come one out. And then there's other people going, um, when are you bringing out your stuff? You keep telling us it's coming, but it keeps getting delayed. Look, I don't care what anyone says. Halo, from the very beginning, set the bar. Halo came out. Co-op was part of the game since day one. Halo 2, Halo 3, ODST, Halo 4, right? Reach. Right? All of them. This particular one, the live service version, which I did say was a live service. I did say it was going to be like Destiny where it was going to be co-op and whatnot, which it wasn't. But I did say it was going to be a live service aspect, and I was correct on that. Okay? So Halo Infinite is a live service game, and yet they're just stretching it out because they, they got to get you to play. Because let's be honest. A lot of people didn't buy Halo. They didn't buy Halo. Okay? They play yes. Halo for free on multiplayer or... They played Halo on Game Pass, and you're playing Game Pass, and you're paying for it, and, and that's what it was, right? They just want you to keep coming back as they add stuff. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Halo Infinite Co-Ops gets delayed one more time into Season 3. They're just, they're just dragging you along right now. Uh, on top of that, Halo Infinite's lead multiplayer designer leaves 343 Industries. Now... Well, did he leave? Did he step down? Well, I'm going to read. Andrew, Andrew Witz has joined the developer in 2019, overseeing the development of Halo Infinite's free multiplayer mode. It's a short but sweet tweet. We thanks uh, 343 for his three years spent at the company. And it's been an honor leading into multiplayer design team over the years. He wrote, thank you for all Halo fans for all the feedback over the years. And we made this game for you. Witz didn't announce where uh, he was off to next, but he said he was going to take some time off to relax and recharge first. Uh, it marks yet another exit for one, another Halo Infinite senior developer. Earlier this year, we saw game's lead narrative designer, Aaron Linden, leave. And Riot to, for Riot Games uh, will create director Tim Logo, the project director, left. Chris Lee stepped down from his role in 2019-2020, respectively. Uh, Xbox Phil Spencer assures that fans in 2020 that the turnover was natural part of development, saying that the industry uh, were always going to see turnover, and I don't have any specific concerns about 343. I don't know. It got delayed one year from where it was, you, you lost three major lead designers. You lost, you lost a, a narrative lead. You lost a multiplayer lead. You lost the game design lead. You lost the creative director. Well, well, I think I think the language matters, though. Here, here's a difference, right? I, I I would chalk that all up into the same category if I knew all the facts. But here's what here are the real facts. The facts are when somebody is done doing their particular job for the game, they leave. They go to do something sure. else. Like their their part sure. of the job is over. Right. So if if we factor those kinds of things in, it, it doesn't seem so atrocious to say that another another designer has left. Another designer has left. Like if if their job is done, they go on to the next game. That's what they do. But if or, the team of people, uh, this is the difference. Right. If the team of people who are doing Halo Infinite because it's a live service game, which means that the game's on all the time. Right. If those people are now leaving, then you have questions. Right. Your game isn't done. Your game is just done being released. Who's keeping up with the new multiplayer, the new quests, new everything else? If the lead designers in these areas are leaving, well, that's the different question. Here, here's the thing, right? In the film industry, when a lead leaves from one, if you're if you're a um, cinematographer, okay, and you're working on one project, and let's say it's a long running series, they'll do a couple shows and they'll leave and move on to the next one. No big deal. They bring in another cinematographer and they and they they have a theme of what 
a template of what they're looking for. But the, then the, the cinematographer makes it his own style or, or whatnot. Okay. In, in game development, okay, you have a lead and that lead has very, very strict, like what they want it to be. And then that person leaves and then the next lead comes in and kind of changes it because maybe they didn't agree with the other lead and they want to change certain things. And this is bad for the game development. Also leads leave because let's say they were Joe Schmo a year ago and they get the opportunity because someone left and now they get promoted. Now they're the lead of this, but they really don't want to be with the company because they see what's happening in the company. And they're like, you know what? I'm just going to use this pad, my resume, and then move on to something else. Right. They're just there to do the job, do a job. and then move on. Okay. Cause they're not really passionate about the thing. They used it to springboard their career to the next job. So they can also take a lead plausible. design. Right. These are also all things, plausible. right. All these things. Now, what I see, when I see leads leaving like this, one person leaving, I can see what you're saying, Sarge, as far as he's done his job, he's moving on. But then one, then two, then three, then four leads leave their section. You're like, something seems up. Something doesn't seem right with three, four, three. Leadership isn't clicking, man. Right. I mean, they were delayed. They were taking their sweet time. Maybe it was hard, but whatever it was, there's definitely something going on. And of course, Phil Spencer is going to come out because he is the head of Microsoft. He's not going to tell you, everyone, leave. The boat is sinking. <laughs> He's not going to do that, right? He's, he's like Leslie Nielsen in, in, in uh, Naked Gun. Everything's fine. Nothing to see here. Meanwhile, there's a burning building behind him, right? That's, that's what I see. Phil Spencer's job is to calm people down. Look, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong here. Yeah, it's just a regular cycle that happens. But really, there's a lot of people that are leaving, and there's got to be some sort of concern because you don't have multiple leads leave. Look at Bioware. Look at Bioware. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's fine. One person left, another person left, another person left, another person. Five people left. All the leads. Anthem's like, sorry, we're not, we're not continuing the Anthem. We left, but it's fine. Anthem's fine. We're all fine here. Everything's good. How are you? Okay. Like two, two memes come in. Right, you have Han Solo in the in the in the uh, in Star Wars saying, uh, "We're all good here. Uh, how are you?" Right, and then Leslie Nielsen going, oh, "It's fine, nothing to see here." Type of thing. That's what happens every time I see multiple developers leaving one studio. There's just something there. Of course, on the outside, it's like, "Oh yeah, it's just business as usual." Business as usual. Business yep. as usual. But then it gets delayed once. It gets delayed twice. Then then they then the game comes out. Then it's broke, buggy, mess. And then they delay more things that are supposed to be out for the game, right? So, I don't know. Definitely, definitely, definitely some weird stuff. Here's another weird story, Sarge. Warner Brothers. Oh, I got the wrong one. Warner Brothers. No, that's the wrong one, too. Where is it? Where is it? Okay, Gotham Knights play test all of a sudden popped up on Steam and quickly was removed again right after. Okay. Now... Details of an unannounced playtest of Gotham Knights have popped up on Steam, and while yet they have to confirm the release date, this was just a couple days ago, highly anticipated superhero game, the confirmation of the playtest is on its way. For the matter, if true, it may suggest that the release date may be sooner rather than later. Now, a Reddit post by uh, suspiciously named Suspicious Tension 19 swiftly deleted from Reddit because the automated bots think it might be spam, but the Redditor defen de defense details of the app are also apparent on SteamDB, to which my uh, monitors and Steam uh, uh, said. So I spotted on PCGN, it appears that at least one person was playing it before it was completely pulled from Steam again. It apparently takes up a clunky 82.5 gigabytes on the hard disk, right? So there was one person that actually played it, supposedly. 
Now, that was on, that was five days ago, okay? It was five days ago. And it, the next day, Sarge, Warner Brothers announces, or two days later, uh, announces Gotham Knights' release date is October 25th, right? Coincidence? I think not. I think that uh, someone hit the wrong button somewhere. That's it. it it's, it's a standard mistake. Unpaid intern. Something like that. Somebody who wanted to get noticed. I mean, it, it could be any number of reasons. It's not like it's a big deal, right? What, what's, what's the big deal there? Is no, there, the there's done? no big deal. There's no well, big what deal. What I'm saying is, is no. the game done? Right? Like, no. like that's, this is the question. No, it's is, not. It, is the game done? Okay, then. Do they, do they need game testers? Is that what it was? Maybe. Well, right. I mean, and we watched a video from uh, over a year ago, about or two years ago, when they showed it. Now, it's coming out October 25th. Question, Sarge, do you think it'll stick? Do you think it'll come out October 25th, 2022? Or do you think it'll get pushed back till 2023? Well, you know how gaming companies love the holidays. They want to get their game out. Um, I don't think any game's ever come out on time to this, to this day. So I don't think it's coming out in October. I'll, I'll give it. I'll give you till maybe another month or so after a small delay for whatever reason. So like but November. We all, but we all know that if a game is delayed a month, that we know that it's not really intended for a delay. Right. Like you can't. Right. You can't do anything in a month but polish. You're not doing anything you're like substantial in a month. Uh, games. Look, the way you have to look at a video game is when they say the game is done. Right. The game is done. It's been done for a couple months, and they're polishing. Like they mean done adding stuff to the game, like done. The game's done. It's playable. It's done. The rest of the time is spent polishing the game and making sure the game works. That takes usually six, eight weeks. Right. Sometimes last the last couple months before a game is released, right? So they're looking at a timeline, right? They're looking at a timeline and they're saying to you that the game is going to be done, tested, and ready to go October. And I'm telling you right now, if they're already talking about a delay for this, the timeline is already skewed. You're you're guessing. You're guessing when you're going to be done. And that means that the official polishing and testing should take place in August. Right. Right? So so the game isn't really done until maybe July or June of this year. So if we're following all the dots and they and they line up perfectly, which they never do, then it's supposed to come out in October, which I think is incorrect. It won't come out in October. I, I'm looking up right now real fast to see if they're taking pre-orders. Obviously, you can add it to your wish list on Steam. I don't think you can get pre-orders yet. There's no store up. Um, yeah, you can't. They have more information on their, on their website as far as... I'm more interested in knowing what comes out in October. Well, That's what I'm more well, interested in. Well, here's, here's the thing. I, I think Krebsy's kind of bringing up a point. It's kind of weird that it pops up on the release of Batman. It's also weird that Batman has a website counting down to Friday, pop with the officer's release date for the game. Okay? Makes you wonder if the countdown is for the beta of Gotham Knights, which it could be. That's actually a really good, plausible thing that I could mean, happen, that, right? That would be more interesting to let you know if you played a beta. Maybe you played a beta in April. Right. And then they have time to do some stuff and then release it, but... I don't. I don't believe I, any anything a release date says anymore. Here, here, I just don't. Here's the thing. I think they missed a big opportunity because this game was supposed to come out last year. Okay, it got technically pushed back, not delayed, but it got pushed back to 2022 late. It was supposed to come out early, supposedly, supposedly by insiders. They said it was supposed to come out early last year, and then I said, well, I think it was supposed to come out during the Batman film, and then 
Batman film got pushed back because of COVID and a whole bunch of stuff. And now Batman got pushed this year, which is just launched last week. So I think what they were trying to do was trying to release this game during the same time as Batman or around about, right? Because sure. of the cross promotion. But obviously things got turned around. And again, this is my speculation. This is not, I don't have any proof of this in any way, shape or form. But now they had other DC films. Now other DC films, Aquaman and Flash just, I think yesterday or today said that they got pushed back till 2023 now. Okay. So they were supposed to come out in 2022. Shazam is a DC film that's coming out uh, this year. And I think Black Adam, I think, is also coming you, out this you year. You mean a sequel? You mean a sequel to Shazam? Yeah, Shazam 2 and Black Adam are supposed to be coming out, I think, this year. So they could drop a DC game. Isn't, isn't, during the, the, same Rock, time. isn't the Rock Black Adam? Yes, he is. Yeah. Um, so I do think that maybe they'll release it. I, I, I do believe that it will be out this year. I don't think they're going to delay it. I think it will come out. But all depending on what type of game it is, if it's a looter or if it's a single-player game, like we know it's co-op, there is some sort of leveling process in there because they show materials that pop up on the screen on the, on the, on the thing. So assuming on that, I think it comes out and then it gets fixed like every other game that comes out. It won't be a complete game when it launches. It'll, it'll have its little issues because I do believe, again... Just my speculations. I do believe there was some sort of leveling system, co-op, maybe a looter type of game, and they switched it halfway through development. That's why we stopped talking about it. I don't know for sure. Just looking at the materials that you collect and stuff in the video they showed, they might be completely changing what the game was. So a little bit of a red flag for me. I am interested in the game, but I do believe it will come out October 25th. Like you said, I think they want the sales, and I think it'll build up... You know, if if Black Adam Krebsy says July 29th, right, and then Shazam December 16th, right. So I think in between, I think they, even though it's not the same universe, it's still DC. If you're a comic book fan, they're going to push it, and I do believe that it's it's a good cross promotion video game. Keep current, new new television shows coming out, new movies coming out, uh, and because I, I know I know they have two other DC films coming or shows coming out later this year as well, or returning shows. So I do believe it's coming out a little skeptic of it right now, but I think it'll be around. Um, I think it, once it launches, it will have issues. It will have issues. And it, I don't want to say as bad as Marvel well, it's, Avengers, it's, it's, but it will have issues. The delay, the delays are all the same. It's from the same reason. We all know what the reason is. And so they're gambling to see if they can get it done in time. They had a whole year to wait. Right. That's just, that's just the way it goes. I mean, everybody, everybody suffered for the last two years, and I'm sure that the, the pipeline of video games is no exemption, but I'm not going to blame just because of the pandemic. I'm going to blame leadership up and down because I've seen <clears throat> what these companies have done over the last five years, and it's not just because of the flu. Real quick, uh, Krebsy, is that true that Black Adam got pushed to October 21st? If, that, if that's true, then that makes more sense why they put it on October 25th, it's the cross-promotion of cdc film even though it's not his game that's four days later that would that would make much more sense that would make much more sense friday black adam launches dc game comes out the 25th tuesday. yep tuesday afterwards interesting all right that's just a just you know just a speculation or, or whatever uh activision blizzard blames microsoft sarge for failing to meet the diversity requirements Okay, so Activision Blizzard blames Microsoft for failing to comply with the California law requiring 
them to diversify its board of directors. Uh, the corporation code and its women's on boards requirements state that companies located in California must have at least three women directors and the total number of the board members is six or more. Uh, it's worth mentioning that this requirement came into effect in early 2019, which means that Activision Blizzard has also known about this law for three years. Currently, Activision Blizzard has two female members uh, and on the board of 10 members. Uh, in 2021, the annual report filed in late February, Activision Blizzard acknowledged its failure to comply with the requirements, blaming the merge with Microsoft to improve the diversity of the boards of directors. The company retained a search firm to begin to process requiring potential candidates, interviewing them for board member positions. However, since current directors wouldn't continue to serve the role on board of directors after the merge of the Microsoft is complete, Activision Blizzard wouldn't comply with the law by the end of 2021. So Activision Blizzard maintains that despite its failure diversifying its board of directors, the company continued to address concerns raising regarding of workplace and related matters. The company also claims that since 2016, the number of women who have earned game development leadership roles has more than doubled at the moment. Activision blame, uh, Blizzard claims that 24% of the employees identified as women identifies as women as women uh, or non-binary or the company aims to increase the number of 50% over the next few years. It currently is unclear if Activision Blizzard will face any plenty uh, for fa for failing to comply with the corporation code. However, it is worth remembering... Sarge, you gotta move your phone. You gotta move your phone away from the thing. Because nothing in my hand. Something is coming from your side. Okay, now you just moved it away. I don't know what it is. It's definitely something from your side. Uh, it currently unclear if Activision Blizzard will face a penalty... Uh, for for failing or comply, I think it was the aliens trying to contact us, guys. What was that? Aliens? Are you okay? Yeah, it sounded like someone talking from from outer space. Uh, the company is also in hot water for allegedly fostering a frat boy culture. So, what do you think about this, Sarge? As far as the ten members, anything over six, you have to have three. You know, so there's so, there's so much to talk about, but I'll try to keep it short and concise and make only half the chat hate me at once. Um, first of all, California is, is a cesspool at this point. Um, you just can't say that you have to have three women on the board or four women on the board just because you have to have women on the board. Uh, it's called qualifications if you belong in the position. That's first and foremost. So if you get past that point, uh, you can't have Activision Blizzard blame Microsoft. Microsoft bought them, but the deal hasn't gone through officially. It takes a year for that, to shit to, for that, for that shit to, to even move down the road, right? Businesses take over other businesses. It's not instantaneous and everybody gets fired. It's a process, right? And so Activision Blizzard's job was to fill those roles. It's got nothing to do with Microsoft at all. Zero. Zero responsibility on Microsoft. They had two years to do that shit all on their own, right? But here's, here's the crazy part. Maybe they didn't fill the position because there wasn't anyone qualified to fill the position. You ever think about that? Right. It's not because they didn't want to hire a woman. It's because... You have to be qualified to be in that position, not because you're claiming to be a woman or are a woman or whatever you want to talk about in today's world. Like they couldn't fill the position. Maybe they're still looking, right? right. Just because just because a law's passed and says, hey, you gotta have three women in there. Like, what are you supposed to do? Run outside, just grab, grab the somebody, first women yeah, just grab, grab somebody. the first women in a pantsuit they see and throw her in a position. Like, that's not how this shit works, man. Yeah. When is when are people gonna grow up? Like, that's not how this works. Right, it's a hundred percent on Bobby, a hundred percent on yeah. Bobby. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know what what finger direction you want to point at. Who you think whose fault this is? 
right? And it's not Microsoft, right? The, the story is dumb for you even reading it because the guy who wrote it is dumb, right? You you can't write that kind of story and not have the answers already in front of you to discuss this. Like you can't just say shit like that, right? It makes absolutely zero sense. So, so what they're what they're really saying is everyone's supposed to be angry because Microsoft is sexist. That's basically the, the right. what you're supposed to get. But from three, reading that article, three years prior, that's what you're supposed to say. Yeah, three that's years what you're prior, Activision say. knew that they were they were supposed to I, hire I'm somebody. I'm done. I'm done falling for these these uh, bait and switch stories that are supposed to make you jump at a company for no fucking reason at all, other than to scream out some kind of ism because it's not true right right and and by the way if it was true if if that's actually something that was happening then somebody has to get a lawyer you go to court you find a decision and when the decision is made somebody pays a penalty someone gets reprimanded and somebody gets praised that's what happens right. you don't get just you don't get just to shout out the window that all this stuff's bad's happening and it's fact because you said it right that's not how this works right it just doesn't Right? I'm sorry that there are not enough qualified women who work near Activision Blizzard who can fill this role. Well, the, the funny part, I mean... Anybody who's listening who wants to be in gaming and is qualified to work at Activision Blizzard from a board, to be a board member, I'm sure the, the criteria must be long well, because they can't find someone to fill it. But the, right? pro the, problem, the problem is, look, Blizzard's not even purchased by Microsoft yet, and they're already trying to take Microsoft down. They're, they're already trying to bring them down. <laughs> what kind of... And what kind of balls do you have? Think of, think of it from that point of view. What kind of balls do you have that your company's being bought out by Microsoft and you throw shade at the guy who bought you? Yeah. Like, whoever started that rumor is out the fucking door. Oh. Like, you're done, right? You don't start shit with the people that just bought you out. What? Where are these people's brains? Like, what, what are you thinking? But look, just because the people that are part of the company are getting bought by another company doesn't mean the bad eggs are out of the company. You know what I mean? Holy shit. Like, I'll give you a good example. When I worked for a hotel, okay, uh, I worked for Starwood Properties, and Marriott was buying out the building where they were. They wanted to sell out the, the, the hotel to somebody else. Okay, so everybody knows on the inside that eventually you're getting fired. That's how this works. Like they're going to replace you with people that they have. Right. That's what normally happens. Okay. So we were bought out. I think it was like 2006 or seven. I remember. Right. And so I was still working. Nobody came to me. 2007, 2008, 2009. Then all of a sudden people from my division start getting be pulled into offices and now they start looking for reasons. They've been watching you now for, I, for I, months or a I, year. Got to trim the fat. Right. They're looking for reasons to get rid of you because they just can't get rid of you because if they get rid of you, they have to pay you. Right. They have to pay you the severance or they have to right. pay you unemployment. So they wait until they build up a, a, a book of stupid shit that they confront you with. And they say that, well, we're going to have to let you go because of this, this, and this. And then you say, well, nobody told me about this, this, and this. So how is this all of a sudden a problem? Right. And you have to play you have to play this corporate game. And like that's how it's done. It's evil, shallow, oh yeah, right, uncomfortable, but that's what they do. They fire the people that are there to replace them with your other people. That's what happens. Uh, well, you you know what happened to me with Apple, right? When I was at your work picking you up one day 
and I said, and you asked me, how was work, bro? I said, oh, man, the iPods were selling like hotcakes. And then the next day I went to work and my manager pulls me aside. Now, I was an assistant manager. Manager pulls me in and says, corporate says that you were talking about iPod sales. I was like, what? And they're like, they came to me. Were you or were you not at Melting Pot, blah, 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 and, and said that iPods would sell like hotcakes. So I was like, what? how much is a hotcake? I was like, what? What are you no, guys talking? Like how many what how many hotcakes do you need right. to sell the, for a dollar? Like what is they, it? They, they're basically trying to say that the tangible value of a hotcake right. is discussing actual sales yes. numbers. Actual sales numbers. Right. right. That's that's the corporate world. Right. Because I was making good money. They didn't want to pay me that money, and they were looking for a reason to to fire me. That's correct. So a hotcake. That's correct. Chat, please let me know how many hotcakes does it take to make a million dollars? I would love to know. Right? No, no, it's not. It's not, it's not a value. It's numbers. Yeah. Well, I, you were I, discussing sales. You were discussing sales numbers by relating correct. the iPod to hotcakes. To hotcakes, right? That's correct. Right. So, and I knew not to talk about sales, and that's why I labeled you didn't it. Talk about sales. I know. You, you, I know. And that's why an I said I, I use an analogy of hotcakes, and it led up to be just like you said. They 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 get stuff on you, and then that's they're like, what it is. "Well, it's all this," and you we you're like, "Yeah, I understand. You're gonna. It's ten. Is it ten? I'm telling you, man, that's just the way it works. So, so for them to come out and say shit like this, it's it's almost like it's almost like there's an entire generation of people that doesn't understand how corporate works. Like you've been working in a job, and you just exist there, and you are unaware of the actual gears in the machine that allow you to work in the place where you work right now, or not let you work in the right. place you work. You just get up every morning. You're mad about it. You go to work, but you have no idea how many of these tools sit in a room and decide whether or not you're going to be there next week. Like, that's what they do. Right. That's what they do. Pepsi says about 600000 doesn't include the syrup, though. All right. How much do hotcakes cost in Canada, though? That's the real question. I need to know uh, if a Canadian can tell me how many hotcakes in, in Canadian... Uh, think, think, but that, but the but base exactly. Think of the balls on the guy who thinks that you related iPod sales to hotcakes, and he thinks you're talking about sales. Well, I mean, it, it, there was no balls. It was actually a female. So, oh well, it, you know, it's diversity. Diversity. This is yeah, 2003. So I, I, I don't. Then, I don't so. believe in any of these stories that these these reporters come out with anymore, especially when it comes to something like this, because there are so many outs for this conversation that it's not an actual story, yeah. right? Qualifications, Activision's deal, Bobby Kotick's responsibility, got nothing to do with Microsoft. Like, these are actual facts, right? A reporter asked a question, ignored all the facts, and then tried to make it a, a piece about trying to show that Microsoft is sexist. It's fucking evil as fuck, bro. To, to answer it, the question, how do they know there was two executives that were from corporate eating at the melting pot? And I came in after work. I was wearing my Apple. Uh, uh, you didn't even look like you're working at Apple. Back then, it was just the black shirts. And it had just a little Apple emblem, gray, like rubber type thing on the shirt, right? That was it. There was no other thing. I didn't have my, my, my lanyard around my neck with the Apple logo, nothing, right? It was black, black with a little, little Apple like right here, okay? And I walked in. After work to pick up uh, Sarge from work, and I waited like ten minutes sitting there, whatever. And they were they happened to be over the partition, okay. And when he came out and said, "How's work, bro?" I said, "Oh, good, man." I was like, "You wouldn't believe it. I iPods were selling like hotcakes." That's all that I said. It. 
That was all I said. Walked at the door, didn't think anything of it, right? Yep. Next day, I went That's... to work, and there was two managers, corporate, the two people that I didn't see because I didn't know who they were. Right. We, we, they're having a meeting about this. They, they had a meeting. A I, meeting I, I showed up. It. I showed up at seven o'clock in the morning. Store doesn't open up until like ten. Okay, because it's in the mall, yep. and they were lined up, and they were in the office, all business suits and everything, and they brought me in, and they started. They started like uh, like I was on trial. Did you did you talk about any kind of iPod sales? I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Did you not say hotcakes? I was like, I was like, I was like, are you guys spying on me? I was like, I don't understand. I was like, did you did you qualify what hot? I was like, how much is a hotcake? I was like, I don't understand what you guys are talking about right exactly. now. Exactly, how much is a hotcake? Yeah, they couldn't answer, and they they all they wrote me up. That was just the first. Uh, uh, but that's what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. right? But see, for me, I would never sign that paper. Yeah, I, I would never have signed that paper. Give a shit, right? No, I know that, but but this is what I'm talking about. This is the corporate world, right? never be part of that shit man ever ever yep. it's nonsense they they live in their own little fantasy world in their head i mean that's bobby lives bobby lives in a fantasy world believe yeah. me yeah bobby kodak uh made uh 240 uh hotcakes 240 billion hotcakes i think uh next story what is amazon's luna understanding amazon's new prime benefits so this is that streaming I service a, i thought it was a CPAP. Uh, is sleep app? Yeah. yeah. Right? So uh, it actually, a few different ways that use Amazon's Luna, and it's not all from them, are, are free. Still, if you're a Prime member, feel free to head on over to Prime Gaming. Check out the first few games you can stream. Otherwise, stick around a while. Attempt to unra unravel the latest cloud gaming service. So what is Luna? Amazon Luna has been early access for over a year now, first launching in the U.S. in late 2020 for select users and opted in for a fully available but for now, it's still in this U.S., and it's, there's no word on when it'll be available elsewhere. But here's everything you need to know about it. Put simply, Luna is a cloud gaming platform, Google Stadia, has been split into two multiple optional segments uh, uh, or channels. Uh, most of these are paid to access, with the exception of one of the Prime members to choose include Retro Channel, Family Channel, Jackbox Game Channel, Ubisoft Plus, Luna Plus, and finally, Prime Gaming Channel. Amazon Prime Gaming on Luna March 20 of 2022 games uh, Prime Gaming Channel is the most notable out of these simply because it offers Amazon Prime members a selection of free games to play on Luna and rotate each month. So you're not going to get a fully li library of games at Luna Plus or any of the other channels would offer, but at least it's something. Right. At least it's something, Sarge. I mean, you're paying. It's, it's something. In March, uh, Prime members get access to Devil May Cry 5, Observer System, Redix, uh, Pogs, uh, Flashback, Flashback, Immortals, Phoenix Rising, and also available to play for free for a limited period of time from March 8th to the 15th instead of the whole month. When it comes to the paid section of the channel, you've got a few choices. you got retro gaming costing $4.99 a month. Includes classic games like Street Fighter 2, Metal Slug 3, Castlevania Anniversary Collection, where Luna Plus includes uh, some newer games like Contra Ultimate Edition or Dirt 5, Sonic Mania or Ghost Runner, uh, Call of the Seas, or even Luna Plus costs $5.99 a month and isn't included with Amazon Prime. Now, is Amazon Luna like Google Stadia? In some aspects, yes. And you're paying a fee, and you can access a section of a selection of games for no extra cost, like Stadia Pro. But there's also a, a difference in that only way you can play games available. You you can't purchase anything, okay? So you don't own anything. Basically, that's what's happening now, Sarge. We don't really own anything, okay? The games are simply included in Luna Plus subscriptions, which is even further serviced by an additional Luna channel, okay? So the best way to explain, simply compare... Uh, cloud streaming portion of Game Pass, it's like that. 
but games that you can stream via the cloud, but split it into two different segments depending on your preferences. So if you want to get everything that Luna has to offer, you're paying up to $18.96 a month or $36.95 if you include Ubisoft Plus. But again, it's still worth noting that all of this is optional. Essentially, Luna is a pay-for-what-you-want cloud streaming service, and you don't have to purchase any of the games, and you can and you can cancel any time. Sure. Sure, you can. Right? What do, you, what do you think of this, Sarge? I mean, this is this is almost like an Ubisoft plan when you buy a game, but when you pre-order it, it's got like 15 different sections. What do you get in the game? You don't you don't know anything. What do you think about this? I, I don't think much about this at all. I'll be honest with you. I thought Luna was a sleep app. I don't know what you're talking about for like the last five minutes. But if we're talking about the 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 cloud gaming service, which was Stadia, and now Amazon's calling it something else now, it's fine. But once again, think about what it is you're paying for and think about exactly what it is the service is you're, you're paying just for just nothing for, think think for a moment i know it's hard because we're so busy in our lives and we have to have things immediately but just dwell upon what is said and figure out why you would give them any money at all i mean if you don't want to own a game ever and, and it's a very select few I games, want, by the way. I want I want a convenient thing that has limited selection that's in my house that Look, I don't own. They know that I want to give you money for. Right, they know that people have very finite amount of time. And someone's like, well, I'm gonna pay ten dollars a month. And this game, Phoenix Rising, is only out for 14 days. Uh, maybe I'll get to finish it, and maybe not. Okay, so now I'm giving them ten dollars a month to maybe finish a game. And then do I have an option to buy it afterwards? I don't think so. You would have to go out and buy it separately after the fact. It, it, it just seems to me that they're trying to look for new and inventive ways for them to come out with a, a made-up service that seems like it's valuable and covers a specific type of market. And I don't believe that those that market exists yet because we still live in a world where the majority of the people who play video games have been playing video games since they were born right the majority of the people who are playing video games are the ones who've been born into it and been playing games their entire life there are the people who are after us who still play games they play little games on their phone and whatnot but we're talking about everybody that you know and below you have been playing video games since they come out so they're used to buying games having a piece of hardware collecting things knowing what, to, what it is you want to buy. Now you're telling somebody, hey, you don't need all that. You just give me money, and I give you the convenience of you turning on your television and picking a limited number of games that we have chosen for you specifically because of our genius staff. And then you're going to be happy not having to worry about buying controllers and headsets and hardware or anything. You just give us money, right. and we will entertain you. Now, if in your brain you believe that that's a valid argument and a valid system that you want to be part of, then it, I guess go ahead and do it. Here's what I don't understand. The rest of us would like to own something. Here's what I don't understand. Some of the games they're putting on there, Control Ultimate Edition, like you, you pay $5.99 a month and play the game, right? But the game costs $20, right? Sonic Mania costs $10. So sure. I could play, I guess I'm saving $30 because there's two games and I'm paying $5.99 a month. But like, like Bass says, Game Pass, you pay 15 there's hundreds of games. There's literally like five games, and they're only there for 14 days to, to play. I don't know if this model's going to work. I don't know if this model's going to work, but Amazon needs to get something. Now, 
obviously Amazon, Amazon doesn't need to do dick. Well, no, if they want to get into the market, what I'm saying is what they I'm don't saying. need to get into any market. No, but they want the to get in the, that, the market. market that they're in is working fine. I understand that, but they they're greedy, Sarge. They got to get into the other market, which is the most most profitable entertainment piece of of of, Yo, of property. No, no, I get it. Amazon will get into gaming when gaming no longer has hardware. That's when Amazon will get into gaming because then everything everyone's on the same playing field. But they they right, but that's what they're doing now. They have no so hardware and they're making uh, they don't. this great. They don't. Yeah. Everybody else still does. Still does. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You have to you have to try to convince people not to have hardware. Well, look, they did a, they did such a good job that you don't need to go to stores anymore and you purchase everything off their website. I I'm so aware. So they're slowly just doing the exact same thing for games. You don't need to go out and buy games or you can just rent the games right here. Right on That's amazon correct. look you're here buying a, a, to a toilet toothbrush and then now you can also rent you know a, a dirt five while you're here right that's yep. what it is yep uh all right next story uh one of the games forspoken if you guys don't know what forspoken is i'll show you a clips of it in just a second but we made a decision it says to move the release date of forspoken to october 11th 2022 our vision for the ex exciting new ip is to deliver the game in a world and a hero that gamers across the globe will want to experience for years to come so does that mean this is a live service game i don't know what that means uh so getting to right to the extremely important to us to that end during the next few months we will focus on all the efforts on polishing the game and can't wait for you to experience. When was this uh, chat? When was this supposed to launch? Does anybody know what the actual uh, launch date of uh, Forspoken was? And this is what Forspoken looks like, by the way. Uh, this is that that beautiful game. It looks like you know it had the dragons. She had the magical powers. She's like like flying and 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 whatnot. Um, this looks like a really cool game. It'll be interesting when it comes out. I don't know what the actual. I don't know what the actual. Uh, launch of it is but again they're they're pushing it back meaning that they they were over they over promised basically right it's it looks great it looks cool but apparently it's in it's in a rough shape and they need the next couple months was it supposed to launch recently i don't know but uh yeah i'm excited for this game to come out because it is a new ip it seems like an open world game it does seem like uh, I hope it's not a live service game. I hope it's just a one and done type of game like every other game. Um, there you go. Forspoken is delayed till October. Next month, you think, Mo? It was supposed to come out? There you go. So it's, it's pushing back, what, six months? Five months? Five, yeah, five to six months. So hopefully the stuff that they're fixing for this game and polishing it out of their words, their words, not mine, uh, that hopefully that they get the and they it shows that uh, they have enough time. So October 11th it comes out. They say that they're polishing. Extremely important to us that the end of the day, the few uh, that they're polishing the game and can't wait for you to experience it. So hopefully it comes out and it's polished, uh, not like other games that come out. Uh, another story: God of War TV series is in the works at Amazon Prime uh, Prime Video. It potentially expand their video game TV series lineup with uh, none other than none other than God of War live-action series. According to Deadline, Prime Video is in talks with PlayStation to adapt the God of War as a live-action TV series. Uh, so Amazon sees that they can destroy Lord of the Rings, and now they want to destroy God of War. I'm pretty sure that's what they're doing. Sorry, they're like, hey, what's, uh, what other people do other things that people like? Let's, uh, let's find them all and put them together on Amazon Prime and let's shit all over it. Uh, obviously, I don't know what they're going to do. 
but it's just a joke. Well, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna shit all over it. That's what they're gonna do. Don't worry. Nobody just... nobody nobody has ever come up to anybody and they'll said, just... "Hey, what an amazing job Amazon's yeah. done for this show." And don't like, worry. They... They'll just swap Kratos for a female character. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Just swap the gods out. It's okay. It's all fictitious anyway. Uh, so that's just notes there. Uh, $5 billion lawsuit filed against Take-Two Interactive over NBA 2K microtransactions. So a underage minor is uh, fed up with the game and how it lures people to buy the microtransactions and whatnot. So he's getting his guardian uh, because he can't sue because he's underage to represent him. And then he is suing them for $5 billion. Uh, I don't know how this is going to go. Good for him for saying, you know what, fuck it. Uh, you guys have uh, raped the uh, the people long enough for, for microtransactions and, and, and letting us go. So they're getting sued, but I don't think it's going to work out for them because remember that story we did years ago, Sarge? Electronic Arts gets $11 million loot box fined overturned. So EA was being sued for... That's Europe. Europe. Yeah, for $11 million. Okay, well, the other one's in Europe too. It's in UK. Okay, so the Netherlands appealed court ruled in the FUT packs are not a form of gambling and the fine should not have been imposed. Okay, so uh, Electronic Arts has successfully appealed a t uh, $11 million fine against the Netherlands over loot boxes FIFA Ultimate Team. A ruling via Google Translate by uh, administration ju judicial uh, division, the, uh, the country's highest general administration court, has determined that the purchases of opening FUT, which is uh, FIFA Ultimate Packs, a uh, team Ultimate Packs, uh, is not isolated game, but component of the game. Thus, the game is not required to be licensed. In 2018, a Netherlands game authority investigated into loot boxes in 10 different games found, and that four of them were, uh, you know, were breaking the law, basically, in the country of gambling laws. And the publisher were warned to either modify them or face enforcement actions. So three of the companies said, okay, we're not going to do it, and they just got rid of them. The one company that said, no, we're going to hold EA. our ground, EA, EA. Uh, uh, said, no, we're keeping what we have and the legal requirements, and Electronic Arts did not change anything. It was hit with a fine in 2019 appeal and lost in 2020 when the district court uh, ruled that FIFA is a game of chance as defined by the country's betting and gambling uh, gaming act. EA appealed that ruling is this time around that it come up on top. Now, the gaming authorities should not have opposed a penalty payment on publisher for FIFA 22 computer game in 2019. And the court declared that the so-called packs or loot boxes, which is virtual football players can trade on a virtual transfer market in FIFA 22, are not games of chance that require a license. The publisher has not broken any law. Uh, based on based on the current law, but this, this is the important part. Based on the current gambling laws in the Netherlands. Correct. That's why the, that's why EA still gets to win all these cases is because the laws for gambling are based on the old school mentality of gambling, like crap tables and blackjack and bookies and that. Like we're talking about a different aspect. They're trying to the basically they're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Like the laws have to adapt, right? It's a game of chance. I'm giving you money, right? right. And, and and I'll use their own logic logic against them, right? Because in the in the developer's mind or the publisher's mind, the card has got value, right? That player's got value. Right. There's value for me to have that guy. So I'm paying m real money, right, to get other currency to make it a middleman thing. Yep. Right. But I'm paying real money for the chance of getting something valuable. 
And when, if I don't get that valuable thing, I get something lesser, but I still paid my money for it, right. for it. Right. You're taking a chance. It's gambling, right? I'm giving money for the chance of a win of something value back. And that's a chance. I might not get it. And that's gambling. And, and it's not physical, right? That's gambling, right? That's the definition of gambling, but because it's, it's the way it's worded because of the, the the essence of what the game is, they don't look at it as gambling in those eyes. That's the problem. Right. When one country finally updates the laws, that's why you need more and more kids like this and whoever just to start suing because it makes the lawyers look at the books and say, this and this are related, this and this are related, this and this is not related. We need to change the laws a little bit. That's how things move forward. If you never sued anybody, right? EL collects money until they're dead. Right, right, right. You have to, you you have to present arguments in order for things to change. I'm glad another kid's suing. Every a kid from every country needs to sue. Well, one's a, one's a kid for T 2K, and the other one's adults from whatever. From, yeah. Just more and more people have to say, "Fuck it, I'm going to sue." That's it. It's the only way things change. Sitting around and saying, "Well, EA's doing it again," and we're going to bitch about it for the next forty minutes. Right. Not going to change anything. Right. But to say it's not gambling is a lie. It's a lie because you, they themselves have said that the card has value. And if it's value, if it's value with a chance of gain or loss based on me paying for that chance, that's gambling. Uh, the definition. No, they wouldn't have to change baseball cards because uh, you're not taking those cards. You didn't, you didn't create a market. Yeah, you're, you're, You didn't create a market. You're not taking those cards and then making a game out of it. So uh, basically... In 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 the in the video game of Madden or FIFA, you're taking a chance to get say Ronaldo or let's say Tom Brady, and they're level ninety nine, and you're getting the ultimate gold card or whatever. Now you have an advantage over somebody else, but there's such a small, minute chance of getting that card in a baseball card or football card or basketball cards. You're just opening the cards, and then you physically have a card, right? Even if it's a shitty card or not, you still have the physical card. There's no physicality in this. You're 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 just getting a virtual card that gives you an advantage over someone else. And on top of that, it's a very small chance. And it's already been proven that it's such a low chance that someone on the inside of, of EA was selling accounts to other people so they could get the card. They were selling it for multi hundreds and thousands of dollars behind EA's back to get those cards out. And then they denied it. Right. Yeah, but, but the the reason why they say it's not gambling is because you can't cash out. So what they're really saying is we created a closed system where you put money in, you can never win. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's it's almost like they're, them admitting it because they're they they're, they use the defense that you can't cash out. Like I can't cash out the value of those cards to collect money, so therefore it's not gambling. But what you're really saying is I created a closed system where money only goes in, nothing ever comes out, and it's random though what you of what you get like. Right, that's worse than gambling. Well, that's that's like that's like saying we're gonna take bets on whoever wins the next game, but no matter what you guys give me, I win. Like that's ridiculous. What do they call the call? Uh, uh, the Kinder eggs. The Kinder eggs were loot boxes. Yeah, that's, a, that's a live. They, yeah, yeah, that's a live loot box. That's yeah, a loot box. That's a live loot yeah. box. Yeah, it's a live loot box. That's what that was. All right, the next story we're gonna talk about is I, Sarge's favorite game. Bethesda is working on a five year. It's two. This headline, Sarge is like two things in one that you might blow your mind here. Bethesda is working on a five-year roadmap 
for Fallout 76. <laughs> so, so uh, the UFO-filled alien invaders have just arrived in West Virginia. Don't panic. Let's talk about the Fallout 76, which has entered Season 8, is now filled with extraterrestrial encounters. Fallout 76, new 2022 roadmap, also promises uh, areas of, of fights against robots this summer, expeditions to revisit the pit this fall, and last seen in Fallout 3 add-on. A new region boss arriving in a winter. Uh, that's pretty packed schedule for this year. According to Bethesda, though, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Speaking to recently Aussie gamer Fallout 76 design director Mark Tucker said that working on a roadmap that will cover the next five years of post-nuclear MMO. Uh, we also have long-term plans and things get a little fuzzier the further we go out. So they have a five-year plan already and then they have something for long-term. Five, five years is not even long-term, Sarge. They have five years, and then they have a long-term plan on top of that. Um, look, I, I know... I think, I, I think that Bethesda has now made Fallout 76 the ESO of their company. So now what ends up happening is you're not going to get a Fallout game because you have this, right? And so by the time that this is done, before you, before you even see another Fallout game, you're looking at at least a decade. Oh, sure. Like another six years, yeah, I would say. Yeah, uh, the the because they don't need to. Well, I I to. said that it would come out twenty twenty five twenty twenty six. The next Fallout game is what I said. Well, it, well, the next let's put it this way: the next Fallout game is being worked on by Obsidian, not by them. Well, true, because there is a that's, there, there that's was the difference. There was an article about uh um, Fallout Vegas two potentially being worked on. By, well, whatever, by whatever, whatever Fallout version that they want to do, I'm sure they still have the license for whatever reason. Right, they still have a portion of the license, so they can make a game. We're we're going to see a game from Obsidian before we'll see a game from Bethesda. Yeah, yeah. George, sure. George, make sure you pre-order this game. I know, I know, you're a big fan. Make sure you pre-order uh, seven years out in advance. Uh, for now, now it would be, it would be funny if Bethesda wants the upfront money for the roadmap. <laughs> they don't. They don't. I'll just say. Uh, I have to say though, I haven't checked out Fallout seventy six, and then I was a hater. It looks like it looks like attacks from Mars, right? It's what it yeah, looks like. I was a not a hater. Mars attack. I'm sorry. I, Mars I, I played over 100, 150 hours of this game. I played 82 before it broke, and then I went back once they fixed it. Uh, I have to say, even though all the problems they had in the very beginning, this is one of the few games. Who who would have thought that No Man's Sky and Fallout 76 would be in the same conversation as really good games of service games? Okay, they've they've turned them completely around. Okay. I know people want to shit on Bethesda and Fallout 76, but they've done live service what do you, games. What do you want to? No, they, they do. A lot of people you, just you want to shit on to. it. Well, I understand that. But what I'm saying is over the last three going on to the fourth year, they've completely turned around this game. And out of all live service games, Sarge, that are happening, Bethesda with Fallout 76 is actually doing correctly what a live service game is. They're actually supporting it. And and keeping new content and old content con con constantly coming in, right? There's enough people giving them money, yeah. right? So they're doing a they're doing a good job. Where other games that want to be live service games are still failing. I'm looking at you, Marvel Avengers. Okay, No Man's Sky, Sea of Thieves, Fallout 76. These games are doing very well. Look, they keep expanding the game, and they don't have to delete anything. You you, you play the whole entire game that they're that they're giving to you at least for now. Right? We'll we'll see what happens. Okay, but yeah, so five-year plan for uh, Fallout 76. So I think it's pretty interesting. Be exciting to see what happens. Maybe I'll jump back in one of these days. Yeah, Obsidian is doing their own thing, but they're also doing uh, uh, New Vegas too, supposedly. 
they're doing Awoken. I think it's called the Awaken. No, the Awakening or the Awoken. I forget what it's called. It's it looks like Skyrim, basically. Okay, it'll be Skyrim before Skyrim comes out. So not only will Obsidian get a Skyrim game out before Bethesda, but they'll also get a right. A, they're going to trump them. They're going right. to trump them both ways. Yeah, they'll yeah. get them on a Fallout too. A Fallout too. I think it'd be perfect. I think it'd be perfect that they they wait until they wait until Bethesda announces Elder Scrolls Six, and then the next day they drop. And, 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 and oh, avowed. Release. Thank you. Avowed. They, they, big, they big release it. They just release it on purpose. Yeah, they just <laughs> like. And here's our trailer, just a title screen of Skyrim Six. And then they go, oh, and by the way, a vow comes out tomorrow. Right, right. Comes out tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then, and, then they do the, and then they do the exact same thing with the Fallout game. Like right before they're going to right release another Fallout game, Obsidian just goes, hey, we got we to gotta Fallout game. Well, no, uh, oh, Vegas is, is, is their, Outer Worlds is their Fallout, but they also made New Vegas. They made New Vegas. Obsidian made New Vegas. It's, it's one of the best Fallout games out there. To some people, and story wise, it's 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 pretty good. Jankiness, well, it, it, jankiness. It does, they they match Bethesda right up one to one ratio. It does it does a better job of choices and meaningful development of the character as opposed to just cookie cutter and just say whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think I think um, they, Obsidian makes some great games. Even the the ground is a fun game. Uh, you know, uh, Outer Worlds was a fun game. Uh, speaking of fun games, right? Borderlands one and two were some fun games, right? Borderlands three, me and Sarge boycotted uh, because of reasons. Okay, but now Gearbox is coming out with another game, Sarge. Tiny Tina's Wonderland, and they have details of Chaos Chamber endgame content here. We now we watched earlier today on on our morning stream. We went through a bunch of videos of uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland. It looked pretty good, right, Sarge? It, it did look pretty good. It it it's reminiscent of Borderlands Two. It is. I I'm hoping that the mechanics and the controls for melee combat are improved, because I don't see how that game is going to do well if you don't have controllability of a melee attack in a game that's only about guns. Right. Because in the in the in Borderlands Two, it was pushing down on the analog stick to do a melee. Right. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you can you move it around. Same. It's probably the same. But at the same time, there were very few button controls besides the grenade throw and whatnot. So you're going to be looking at an entire the, palette of controls the video, with this game. The video that we looked today, it looked like it would still be the R3 push-in type of thing. It's Listen, it looks good. I'm glad that they showed gameplay and not just talked about it. I'm glad that they let the game speak for itself. These are all good points. But I, to this day, I will never buy a game day one doesn't matter. Yeah. So when the game comes out on the 22nd or the 25th or whenever it comes out, I will be avidly watching anybody who's bought it, the big streamers, to see what they think about it and how the game plays. Okay. Right? <clears throat> so I, I, I think I, down the road, I think we will pick it up. I don't, I, we're not picking it up off the, off the bat. Like I, I thought the, the, the best release timing and the way that the game was portrayed and how it was done well, Borderlands 2 to me, I played it for almost four years straight. Yeah. No. I played Borderlands 2 for almost four years. It was a good game. It was a, it was a good game. I liked, I liked the grind. I liked the, the fighting. It was just fun playing with, with, with friends. I think, it, I think that's more why I like playing it, because me, you, and Dredd used to play it nonstop um, and just leveling up the characters. It was just fun. Yeah. It was yeah. just fun. It was, and by the way, before you found all the legendaries, it was fucking hard. Yeah. Yeah. 
It just was. So you got you got to a certain level where it's just hard. So Titanina's uh, players will take Titanina Wonderland's characters into chaos chambers to complete randomized challenges that is said to last about twenty to thirty minutes. Players will have to con uh, contend with three randomized trial. Oh, trial. Yeah, contend with three randomized dungeon rooms where the main goal is to kill a certain number of enemies. This followed by a mini boss fight itself, followed by three more dungeon rooms with the with the run that capped off with proper boss battle. Now, completing Chaos Dungeon rooms will allow Tina, Tiny Tina's Wonderland players to choose between two portals that will determine what happens in the next room. Gearbox has confirmed that there is, will be over 60 level layouts for the dungeon rooms, and all the enemies from the main game are featured. So there should be plenty of variety in, in the run. Um, so, is this the... It's, it's like ESO. ESO has trials. I'm not sure if Final Fantasy has it because I, I don't play. I can't play Final Fantasy on my Xbox. But somebody who's played Final Fantasy probably knows the final. I'm talking about the online version. This is the Chaos it, Dungeons. That it, it just sound, it just sounds like it's a trial. It's a single player trial. Well, it's it's randomized, right? And I I said this in Destiny. No, I get it. When they did the dark the what's it called the Dark Forest? Dungeon. No, the uh, uh what was it called, Chad? Again, the forest. Uh, the, the haunted forest, the dark forest, whatever. Yeah, it was, we know what you're talking forest, about. But it, it was randomized, right? Yep. I said they should be doing stuff like this, and it looks like that's what they decided to do in Tiny Tina's Wonderland, okay, where it's a randomized dungeon generator, right? So it constantly keeps fresh, so you're not going into the same thing where it feels repetitive, okay? Yes, it's repetitive. Yes, you're shooting things, but if there's 60 different infinite forests, thank you, Krebsy. I don't know why I can't remember it. I, I've completely blocked out my blocked out Destiny. My, my Destiny girl ex-girlfriend, stripper ex-girlfriend. Um, so it... When you're doing the same thing over and over, any way they can make it feel fresh, it makes it feel fresh. But when you do the same thing, again, Vault of Glass, let's, let's just compare, right? If I did the Vault of Glass and the Vault of Glass every single time is the same every single time, it's fun the first few times, but then you figure it out and it becomes easier and easier and then it becomes mundane and boring. And it becomes just a strike. Right, right. Okay. Where this, if there's different layouts, it's constantly always changing, hopefully, so, yeah, if you play a thousand games, then you'll be like, yeah, okay, so these guys know how to take these guys out. But the combinations of 60 different things that could, that could add up seems like a pretty cool endgame concept, right, for Tiny Tina's uh, uh, adventure. I, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that the game has the same type of, uh, I guess, leveling system that Borderlands 2 kind of had. Like, when you leveled up your character, you had three, you had, you know, three things to pick from. Mm -hmm. Uh, three different types of character abilities, sure. and you real and you and you realized that you couldn't get them all. Like you had to pick. That's a how certain this is line, well. Yeah, that's how right? this is. But when they came out the expansion packs for Borderlands Two, you got a little bit more. And so by the end of all the expansions, when you got to uh, Tiny Tina's, uh, what was it, Bad Bunkers and Badasses, whatever the that DLC was at the very end, I could have two trees filled up. Yeah. And so my guy, like I had Axton. And he had double turrets with lasers and nukes, like just just stuff That's was. Like, and, and and when all of us had the same guy, we activated our same like like the we just put the controller down, and like all the turrets would just go ham, because all of us had two turrets apiece. Like it was a it was like an OP thing in the game that you slowly built up to. It of wasn't course, automatic. How many hours did you put up to get that but, thing? You know what I mean? That's correct. But by the time you got to the very end of the game and you got those skill trees all filled out, it was, it, it was fucking impressive. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. I feel like that's how Elden Ring is right now as I'm leveling up. Um, uh, what other stories? 
Uh, believe it or not, Sarge, Ubisoft is looking for play testers for Skull and Bones testers. Now, I, I find it funny because I read this earlier. Okay. It, it's kicking off. It says uh, they're looking for Skull and Bones insider program. You know, they're looking for testers to finish their game, Sarge, but they're not paying you. But the way they talk about it is that it's going to take some time. You got to de dedicate some time to be a tester, to give them feedback and whatnot. And I'm like, this is some shit, right? Because back in the day, you'd be actually a game tester and they would charge you an or you would charge them an hourly rate to give them notes and they give you feed. You give them feedback. They go, okay, this is, this is happening. Here's a list of it to go through. Fix. Now it's you do us. We're doing you a favor. We're letting you play our game for free. And I want you to work 20 hours, 30 hours a week to let us know what we're doing for free. Just get the option of playing our awesome game. You can feel really special. So you can put it on your resume, a play tester. What's the difference between that, Sarge, and what, how we play games right now for most of these games that release? But you're, you're buying the game and you're still play testing. That's right. So beta testing is actually better because you're not spending the $60. <laughs> right? Right, you're actually saving money if you become a beta tester, an actual beta just tester. Sad, just sad. I, we've we've come a long way. I've said it once. I'll say it a thousand times. Stay clear of skull and bones. Do not touch. Do not play this game. It's gonna be terrible. It's gonna look pretty. It's gonna make you want to play. Do not buy it. Do not pre-order. Just wait. I, I predict. Wait. I predict at least at least one one-eyed guy with a parrot. For the for the joke of the trailer. Oh, oh sure, sure. I say once it whenever when it, whenever it releases, Sarge. Eight months before it's solid. After it eight, releases, eight yeah, eight months, oh, eight months. The game's been the game has been restarted three times. Three times that we know I'm, of. I'm I'm out, bro. That we know of. I'm out. I'm out. Oh, it'll be it'll be fine, Sarge. Fine. Listen, I don't need a pirate game that bad, honestly. There's already a pirate game. You can, you can I don't, go play. I go don't play need a thieves. pirate game. On, right? I don't need a pirate game that bad. Uh, real quick story. Steam added 31 million new users last year, which is huge. Uh, what else we got? We got Overwatch 2's first PvP beta kicks off in April. How much is Steam a month? You know, how much? No, it's is, free. Is, is, is it Steam free? Why? Yeah. It's, 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 it's like, a, like a Steam Pro package or nothing no, no you just buy steam like you just okay it's just a launcher for a game you buy all the games on there oh it's, okay i got you you're talking about the, okay never yeah. mind and then the last story sarge i, I figure we're gonna last this for the last one it's uh it's beta field 2076 here we go okay Betafield 2042 patch finally updates the scoreboard, Sarge. Let's get a round of applause. <laughs> round of applause for Betafield 2076 for, for getting a scoreboard in the game. Finally gets a proper scoreboard as DICE releases an update 3.3, which also comes with bug fixes and other improvements. Many expected Battlefield 2042 to be a smash hit. Not this guy. Not that guy. Not, not us two. Okay. Unfortunately, Battlefield, uh, I'm sorry, Betafield 2076 was lacking key features upon its release. Still is, by the, mind you. Still is. Upon releasing things like a scoreboard and voice chat being deemed a legacy feature by EA DICE, 
receives a lot of criticism for releasing the game in the state that many users petitioned for refunds. Now, Battlefield, sorry, Battlefield 2076 player base is substantially uh, reduced since the release, with more users opting to play older Battlefield games. Now that DICE has shared a post, provides more information on the new, uh, new update, and finally adds a proper scoreboard to the game. The update 3.3... Uh, is now live on the platform and it and it comes in bugs keyboards related god damn it that's an ugly that's an ugly uh ui system i'll tell you that's an ugly ui system but there's the scoreboard and i believe if i'm if i'm mistaken it still doesn't tell you all the information that you i think people are already complaining uh that it's still missing some features i could be wrong uh ultimate edition year one pass for game dice wants you again to express uh, expressed that the developers committed to listening to the feedback, fan feedback, and improving the game experience. Uh, the mm. post states that the next big update is currently scheduled for early April, as including a bigger set of fixes and improvements, and will also add a highly requested VoIP functionality to squads in Battlefield 2042. Additional dice is looking oh, to you don't say. implementing ba ba balance changes to weapons and vehicles, and specifically mentioned the MC5 bolt, a light tank mm. in Battlefield 2042. While the greatest by the great to see Battlefield 2042 finally get its features, it may prove difficult to bring back a disgruntled player base. EA has also not shared Battlefield 2042 sales figures. Of course not. Why would they? You know, how many why... people are playing? How many people are playing Battlefield right now? Let me see. On Steam though, because obviously we we can't... whatever you pick whatever one you want. Uh, Battlefield 2042 starts right now. You want to take a guess, Sarge? No, I don't want to guess. Uh, take take one guess. Just. 2000. Hey, it's pretty good, Sarge. You want to high, you're a little low. You're you're getting warm though. 2200. Woo! 2261 20 minutes ago. Uh 2400 to 24 hour peak uh for for them. They went as low as uh 1176 on March 7th. That's the lowest number they've uh they've seen. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Yeah, 1176 is the lowest they've hit uh the game's launched. It's been out for 6 months. Uh, so yeah, so not only is uh, Betafield uh, in 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 hurting there, but they've also uh, the three old Battlefield games, Sarge, are outperforming Battlefield twenty forty two on Steam. Uh, so as as they should, <laughs> yeah, so, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. So Battlefield one, Battlefield four, and Battlefield five. Uh, Battlefield four has twenty one hundred players. Battlefield one, back from two thousand sixteen, has seventy five hundred players. Wait, is that right? No, no, I'm missing. I'm missing one. Uh, Battlefield One, quite large. Battlefield Four, which dropped all the way back in 2013, troublesome launches. Yeah, 2100. Battlefield One, 2016, is sitting at 7500, and then Battlefield Five is sitting at 21,000. 21,000 people are playing the old game. I mean, that's a Krebsy. Krebsy, we're taking bets on that. We're taking bets on when Battlefield uh, will go to Game Pass. We're thinking the summer. Yeah. Yeah. When the kids are out of school, we're thinking the summer. I I think it's that's great. What, that's that's what we discussed. Yeah, I want to put that 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 meme in here where it's a it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. Right from uh, so make a game. Right, we, we need to get that. We need you to make, get that. You make Battlefield a, a... Five, and everyone hated that game, so they made a worse game, and now they're selling Battlefield Five better. Right. I think I think that's the new strategy. I think that's Dice. the strategy. I think it's all right. it's, it's a bold if strategy. We make, if we, if, if we make a shittier game than the one before, they'll go back and buy the, the last game, game that we be wanted them to buy originally. That's right. That sounds it's a it's a bold plan. It's a bold move, Cotton. It's a bold move. 
That's that's a new strategy if I've ever seen one though. Yeah, I mean, they're they're ahead of the game. Make a game and then five years later make a different game to sell the game that's not selling from five years ago. I mean, that's solid. Genius. It is solid. Genius. I mean, I don't. That's that's crazy. All right, so that is it. We appreciate you all coming out. Generation X Gaming episode 301 is in the can. We do appreciate you very much for coming out and enjoying us, uh, or joining us, not enjoying us, uh, joining us uh, for, the, for the podcast. Uh, we do these live Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern on Twitch and YouTube simultaneously. You can listen to us after the fact on uh, radio or podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, and any other podcasting formats across the world. Uh, you can also watch this show after the fact. Those of you that are watching right now, this will be up for people that want to watch it. It'll be unlisted. So if you're already watching it, you can go back and listen to it or whatnot if you already had the link. Uh, these will get taken down, and then I will be uploading the video uh, separately uh, up back on because I add some of the stuff to it and whatnot. Uh, I do appreciate everyone coming out and hanging out with us tonight. I appreciate it very much, and we'll see you guys on the uh, the next episode. You guys have a wonderful weekend, and I'll see you guys on Monday. Actually, this weekend, uh, late night, I'm going to do an Elden Ring, Elden Ring stream. So if you guys want to check it out, uh, it'll be on just, YouTube only. YouTube only. Just for just for uh, to say before we go, uh, I have a little issue. Uh, next week's show is the 17th, and it's uh, St. Patty's Day. Uh-huh. So... I, I I may I may be out. Okay. I may be out. So last week last week can we, last week Sarge said we're gonna have five shows this month, and then now this week he's saying that he's gonna miss well, uh, gonna miss the on. show. Hang on. If if we do it Wednesday. Uh yeah, sure. I guess we could will, will will it will it cause the chat to have an aneurysm if we do it on Wednesday? I mean we could do it on Wednesday. Um we can't always do it on Wednesday because I have other show I do on Wednesday. No, 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 not not every Wednesday. Just because St. Patty's Day is next week. Yeah, that's fine. We can do it on Wednesday. Okay. Wait. No, that's fine because I have dinner plans, and I was gonna I was gonna cut off short, but now that we're moving to Wednesday, I can have dinner and not rush back home. There you go. See, it works out for everybody. It's so, a win-win. Yeah. All right. So next week, Wednesday edition of Generation X Gaming, the weekly podcast. It now moves over to Wednesday for one week because Sarge is going to be drunk on Thursday. For I Saint didn't say Patty's. that. No, you'll be sloshed. You'll be completely trashed. Uh, incoherence. I, I, I didn't say that. You don't have to say it. I know it. I, I've made it in the past where we did shows on St. Patty's Day. I know. I showed one last week when we... And you've done multiple shows. You were like, like hey, look at my shirt. My shirt's got drinks on it. Yeah, 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 exactly. I know. All right. All right, I appreciate everyone coming out, and uh, we'll see you guys on the, uh, the next episode. Peace.